Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. So sometime last night I found out I had uh, two cancellations. And so we've lost, uh, well, not lost, but uh, Bonnie won't be here this week. And I did have another uh, one of my reporters scheduled for that hour after that. And they're not here either. So I was suddenly sprung with two free hours. So we've made up for it. I got things to do. We're going to uh, play a WEBY classic uh, a little bit later on uh, the uh, uh, show I did before the Confederate statue was removed. It was actually before the demonstration. It's really quite interesting. So uh, we'll get to that. But first things first, let's get to Bill Fecky and the Fecky Report. On tonight, Action Radio presents the Fecky Report. Good morning, Action Radio Land. How you doing, you jive turkey? <laughs> Perhaps we should explain that. This throwback to the 70s. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you. I appreciate that. So for those that haven't found it yet, and actually my, my 24 hours uh, restriction on all my groups lasted about 21 hours. So I'm pretty happy with that. Facebook usually be back in early, so feel free to try that. Um, I have the Action Radio Comedy Freedom Frontier, and pretty much anything goes. It's the only group where I don't approve things. I just whatever you want, throw it on. There's no membership. It's just it's it's the wide open uh, Wild West. I think I've only taken down one post. Uh, since it came out, because that, you know, I mean, that open stuff happens. Anyway, so I found this thing. Uh, I found this post on a friend of mine's. And so I can't, you know, if it's friends only, I have to pull the post off and then post it anonymously. And this is one of those. So, of course, I'm not going to say where it was from. But it's about these uh, black guys in the 70s with uh, the froze and the, 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 the plaid and the, the, the big shoes and the whole bit. And it was hysterical. And the, and the caption was, uh, can you imagine having to fight somebody because they called you a jive turkey? <laughs> okay, jive turkey. <laughs> Let's fight. Well, I shouldn't do that. This, uh, this man, actually, I'm talking to a former professional wrestler. It's probably not the smartest thing I've said today. But anyway, be that as it may, that's where it comes from. So whatever happened to great expressions like, if you call somebody jive turkey today, uh, what would happen? <laughs> would they laugh at you? Especially but, kids. They would look at you very strange and have no mm-hmm. clue what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't then either. Yeah, my, okay. my, <laughs> yeah, my uncle used to call us turkeys, not jive turkeys, but he used to call us turkeys all the time. Well, um, that was slang for stupid or, or idiot or you've done yeah. something really dumb. You turkey. Exactly. You know, and it, was, it wasn't really a, a bad insult, but uh, jive turkey, now we're talking serious. You know, that's, that's, uh, yeah. I should look up jive. What does jive mean? Let's look up jive in the dictionary. This, this is totally unplanned, folks, as you can probably imagine. See, Bill thinks he's funny, and then I run with it. You know, this is how it works around here. Um, jive. <laughs> Noun. A lively style of dance, popular especially in the 1940s and 50s, performed to swing music or rock and roll. I don't see any African-American reference here. Uh, a style of dance music popular in South Africa. Oh, there it is. So if you jive... Well, you're, you looking, at least... the wrong, you're looking at the wrong dictionary. Oh, it's the we'll... Urban Dictionary. Oh, well, let's do that then. All right, I can do that. Yeah. A couple more buttons here. Urban Dictionary jive. Do you already have a definition handy by chance? Of course not. Okay, that's fine. So I'll get it. Urban Dictionary. 
have to type around my microphone. This is what it takes a second. Jive. Maybe I should put in Jive Turkey. Let's just go with Jive, then I'll add to it. So the definition of Jive, for those that were wondering, as we do a cultural uh, exploration today, uh, like the whole other language in the 70s and 80s, here's a memorable quote from Airplane. Well, let's, let's see. Do you remember that yeah. from Airplane when, uh, when Barbara oh, Billingsley, yeah, no, who played, uh, was it Barbara yeah. Billingsley who played uh, the mom in the Leave it to Beaver? Uh, yeah, it was. Ran- yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy, can I get you something? She goes up and I speak jive. <laughs> <laughs> Second jive, dude. Samofo, butterland me da bone, jacking me up, type me. <laughs> Randy, I'm sorry, I don't understand. First jive, dude. Caddy say can't hang. Jive lady. Oh, stewardess, I speak jive. <laughs> Randy, oh good. Jive lady. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. Randy, all right, would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Jive lady, just hang loose blood. you got to catch up the uh, rebound on the med side. <laughs> Obviously, I don't speak jive. Second jive, dude. What is it, big mama? My mama no raise no dummies. I dug her up. <laughs> I should post this. <laughs> this is hysterical. I'm going to leave this one up. Anyway, so yeah. I I think mean, that's probably, that was that's one enough. of the – I mean, that movie is so classic, but that uh-huh. has to go down as one of the best moments of that movie when oh, you have hysterical. the mama leave it to beaver you yeah. know talking jive speaking an african-american dialect <laughs> yes well it you know it's funny that it, it you know and that we're not talking ebonics here which is like a, a a leftist you know way to make your i don't know what that's supposed to do but this is actually funny it was it was urban slang and it was hysterical and it, uh, you know, it, it really could be its own dialect. I'm sure sociologists have papers on this. But the idea of, you know, the, the whitest woman on the planet, you know, M- Mrs. Cleaver, you know, who wore pearls on every show, talking jive with a couple of black guys on, a, on an airplane was truly hysterical. But you see, we could make fun of things in those days. Um, you heard about my, uh, my incident when I tried to post uh, Sweet Transvestite from Rocky Horror Picture. Right. I figure I mm-hmm. love making fun of I love making fun of people and tweaking the nose of the bear while the bear bit back and you know and in fact you can't find that on YouTube anymore so we're you know and then, and here's something and I was talking about this with Bianca von Krieg who's a West Coast San Franciscan you know trans socialist progressive reporter with the show now and I you know me I, I I have to you know push the boundaries but San Francisco played Rocky Horror Picture Show I think in the Castro which is the gay district uh, I know another theater in San Francisco but every Halloween. And we're talking in the, the late 90s. This thing was made in the early 80s, if not 80 itself. Probably predates you. <laughs> anyway, but the thing was, nobody cared. We can make fun of stuff. We can make fun of, of guys wearing spandex and heavy metal bands. They weren't a civil rights group. It was just funny. You know, so we, I think we've well, lost every, our humor. Uh, it, it, well, we've, I, I, we've I grew up in Chicago, and in the mm-hmm. suburbs of Chicago, there was one theater that played it every single Saturday night at midnight. Yeah, and yeah it was, that's and, true. And of course, yeah. and you, you got all the cult people who go there and basically reenact the whole thing. Oh yeah, costume, makeup, uh, everything, yeah. toilet paper. Yep. Oh yeah, great Scott. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, confetti, uh, water mm-hmm. pistols, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole nine yards. It, 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 I went one time just because of the experience. I hated the movie. I think the movie's idiotic. Um, well, it's not. It, but, I don't. They didn't take themselves seriously. They made it in what, like three days. Or whatever it was, they did it really yeah. fast. But the music actually is really good. The music's the best part. It is. You know, for us musicians. Yeah, yeah the music. I mean, 
you know, I would love to do the time warp. In fact, when I get a band, I would do it just for fun, just to get people dancing in the clubs, you know. And so uh, another band in the works. <laughs> Hard to imagine, but yeah. So uh, I keep trying. You know, I'm like a, you know, Edison with the light bulbs. You went through a thousand light bulbs before you got one to work. Now, I hope it doesn't take me a thousand bands, but uh, I'm not giving up until I'm, I'm rocking on stage. So, uh, yeah. But I think we've lost our humor, Bill. You know, you, you can make fun of, uh, you know, heavy metal, big hair, spandex, you know, makeup wearing men. And nowadays they'd be uh, they'd be advocates for a social cause and a civil rights group. Uh, we could have, you know, Barbara Billingsley, you know, saying mofo jive turkey <laughs> you know, right there, you know, you know, on a movie. But that but the but the psych gags and everything, it, that was like classic comedy. We have to go to the hospital right away. Shirley, you must be kidding. No, I'm not. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, just I mean that, that whole that that whole movie is just so hilarious, and then the whole Mel any Mel Brooks movie is just based on satire, which people would doesn't they don't understand satire today either. No, they um, don't. All in the Family, the Jeffersons was all. No, that was Norman Lear. No, those are Norman Lear. Was all in the family. Well, yeah, I, I well I know those are. I'm, I'm kind of expanding out a little bit. I mean, oh, you sure by did. Mel Brooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk but, about but, Blazing but, Saddles. Let's talk about Blazing Saddles, oh, which used the N word. <laughs> Every other sentence, Multiple and times. it was yes. by white people, you know. Um, and in fact, I remember the opening scene. Let's have one of those, you know, N-word work songs. And Cleavon Little and the other guy look at each other, and they break into uh, what is it, Count Basie? No, it was anything goes. Ah, yes, it is. No kick yes, from is. champagne. Mere alcohol <laughs> doesn't thrill me at all. And they're like do 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 do. They had to do up in the background. It was hysterical. But that's the kind of stuff that that people thought funny. And in those days, and because, you know, it was the racism that there always is somewhere, you know, but uh, but we could say things. And now it's like we live in this isolated, crazy world. I, don't, I should talk to Brianna about that. I'm trying to I'll get Brianna, Brianna's our teenager. Well, you know, it, government you know, it, it was uh-huh. it, it was purposely racist. And the reason yeah. is what I it was because they wanted to show everybody how stupid people were mm-hmm. being at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archie Bunker is a great example of how stupid mm-hmm. people were at that time and prejudging people um, and just having a misconception of people. Uh, you know, and, and the Jeffersons was exactly the same way, just mm-hmm. in reverse, where mm-hmm. what black people felt about white people. And Which they were was showing pretty the funny. stupidity. It was, well, that was even... it, but it showed the stupidity of yeah. the mentality at that time. Yeah. And that's what made it so wonderful. Well, Jefferson's was more controversial because, you know, America was used to white guys being, you know, racist, even if they're from yeah. Brooklyn rather than uh, from Charleston. Um, but uh, but to have a black family, you know, talking about whitey, you know, I remember one episode, yeah. you know, don't let them see me eating watermelon. Why? Well, you love watermelon. Yeah, but I don't want whitey to see it. <laughs> you can't say that yeah. today. <laughs> you know, but I have my moments, too. I still call Martha's Vineyard, you know, Mighty Whitey Island. I, mean, I thought that was hysterical. Well, I'm you glad heard? you brought up. I, I'm glad you brought up Martha's Vineyard because that's kind oh, of our segue. topic for today. Let's segue, shall we? And now a segue. We shall. Like so we need special music for that. We, um, we need segue music. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what can I do for yeah. segue music? I'll think of something. How about that? The the dream. The dream. The <laughs> no, I'll, yeah, I'll give you. you uh, no, let me, let me give, I'll give you a broadcast. I'll even give you a broadcasting. I don't even think you've heard this one. This is one of my standard. Uh, it doesn't take long. Let's see if I can find it here real quickly. Uh, we need Wayne's World flashback no, no, this, music. No, this will do. This is a, now a serious moment from Bill Fetke.
Yeah, but that's too long. And after the newsroom, let's see what's on the wire. Take it away, Bill. Well, yeah, Greg, over here in uh, Pensacola, Florida, we have uh, you know, a bright sunny skies today. Yeah, there's hurricane so, a little south of us. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about that real quickly, then let's go to Mar- Martha's Vineyard. Um, we do mm-hmm. have a landfall, Category 3, 125-mile-an-hour winds. It got downgraded from Category 4. Mm-hmm. Um, it, where it landed, though, is the key in how fast it's moving. It does not appear there's going to be as much damage as you see in other areas. It's kind of a rural area where it's uh, landing, which mm-hmm. is going to, you know, you know, hopefully not kill our homeowners insurance too much, make it go too much higher. Um, but, you know, but there's going to be a lot of more flooding than anything else. Uh, the eyewall really broke up right before landfall. So that's going to save the people who do live there, but they are expecting a lot of flooding. So, yeah, obviously, you know, we'll be praying for them to, that they get no, no deaths or anything like that. But Martha's Vineyard, this ha- this came across the wire last mm-hmm. week. I keep meaning to bring it up, and we haven't got no. around to it. Well, let's do it now. Is, yeah. yeah, so uh, Obama's former stew chef. Tafari Campbell. Let's, let's, let's name him. He's a person, Tafari yeah. Campbell. Yeah. So, so he just, was, just happened to be paddle boarding in Martha's Vineyard in front of Obama's house. Well, he was his chef. Yeah. In fact, there's a really I got an article on this, but there's a really nice picture of, yeah. of Michelle on, on his right and uh, and Obama on his left, and he's got his arm around Michelle, kind of. Uh, it's yep. Pianki and I were speculating that they had something going on, <laughs> and that's why he was killed. But we'll uh, we'll, well I'll, I'll you know, you... there was well, she's had a lot of. I mean, in her, I think I want to say in her book, in a couple of her books, she talks about the midnight um, trips down to the um, to the cafeteria. Oh, so she was dining at night? Yeah, and you know, she would talk about making her own sandwiches, uh, is uh-huh. what she always would say for the kids. But, yeah, she uh-huh. spent a lot of time in that kitchen, according to her. And those are her words. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this could so, be a problem. But myster- mysteriously, this, this man was paddleboarding shallow wa- water and mm-hmm. mysteriously died. Yeah, three yeah, feet of water. Just out of the blue. He, and he died. Yeah. I heard on, here's something you may not know. This is on One American News last night. Apparently he was naked. They didn't find any clothes on him. They found him at the bottom uh, of, of eight feet. Yes. How do you Which explain that? Which is even weirder. Yeah. Yep. While paddleboarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what, that's what you do in Martha's Vineyard. You paddleboard naked for everybody oh, you... to see, especially <laughs> when you're overweight and you don't have a perfect body. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you do. And, and you're the only, you're one of the very few black people on the island. You're either, you're either on Obama or you work for them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Everything else is mighty whitey island. Trust me, I, I say that for a reason. I've been there, you know, uh, and only once I think. But uh, I was more, more of a Nantucket visitor. It was more affordable. <laughs> but the mighty whitey island <laughs> is is an enclave of, of you know, New England aristocratic whiteness, much like Kennebunkport, where the uh, the Bush compound uh, is. And then you got the Kennedy compound somewhere on, on Cape Cod. I've forgotten exactly where that is. But uh, Martha's Vineyard, uh, Nantucket, and Cape Cod are all kind of that New England summertime. That's where the really rich used to go 
that didn't go to Newport, Rhode Island. That was another place, Newport. So like the Astors yeah. and the Vanderbilts and the, and the Mellons and the Carnegies, they, ha- they all had houses um, in Newport. And so but the, from Newport to Kennebunkport, Newport, Rhode Island to Kennebunkport, Maine, is, we're talking the, the, the old eastern, you know, we're talking probably pre-Civil War, you know, financial dynasties uh, that have been building all that time. And, you know, the Obamas are a little late to the party, but, you know, they've still got their mansion there, their $14 million mansion. So tell me about Jafari Campbell. What do you know about? Or more to the story. Well, well, there's more to Obama's late to the party. You know, Uh he's got a lot of catching up to do when when we're talking about, you know, when you compare it to Hillary Clinton. um, You Uh know, we have the sous chef. You know, even his grandmother, Madeline Dunham, died mysteriously back in 2011. Uh, the cause oh. of her death was ne- the cause of her death was never determined. Um, so there's there's this some Obama, speculation. Uh, grandmother-in-law, white grandmother. Yes. So yeah, her, her, yeah. So his mother was or Mary seven, Dunham, right? Yes. And and then uh, Obama, the Muslim. I forgot his first name. The Kenyan. Not, so we the Kenyan yeah, father, not, not, the Muslim, not, not Malik, Marxist, Malik the brother. Yeah, I, oh, okay. I don't remember the yeah. dad, but yeah. So, okay. so Madeline Dunham uh-huh. um, had died under mysterious circumstances. You know, huh. uh, in 2011, mysteriously enough, it was right around the same time that his book came out, "Bad Bad Mouthing Grandma." Well, what do you say about Grandma? What was his problem with Grandma? Well, was she too white? Oh, Grandma was, for Obama. Gra- grandma was Grandma was white and a racist. <sighs> Well, to to Barack Obama, all white people are racist. <laughs> That's just a given. Yeah, but gr- grandma grandma was a, was a racist because she grew up in the '60s, and so she was just inherently racist, and that was in his book. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, so like peace, love, and brotherhood. I mean, I got to San Francisco in the '80s, and there were still some hippies left over. They were a little older; they're in their 40s, you know, but uh, they were still they're still every bit the hippie they were. In fact, it was fun being in San Francisco then. You know, peace, love, and brotherhood. Um, so, so the sixties people were, were actually the ones that were trying to get rid of racism. Apparently not, <laughs> not the Democrat part anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and, and so, you know, you got grandmother who mysteriously died. Then you got Don Young, who was, a, uh, in his, in the choir at the church of, uh, of Obama's who mysteriously died also. And there was some, uh, little rumblings we'll say about the relationship between the Obamas and Don Young. Um, you know, Wait, is that the Reverend? Uh, I've forgotten his name, but yeah. he's the one that said "Goddamn America," right there. In yeah, the, in the Reverend Hate. Yeah, what was yeah, his Reverend right, Hate? Right, I remember. Okay, right, yeah, right, Hate. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so you got three people now who have uh-huh. died mysteriously that have direct connection to the Obamas, um, and that's just. That's the ones that we know about off the top of our head. Huh. Okay, so let's let's list all the people that uh, have died, uh, you know, around Trump under mysterious circumstances. Okay, we're done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You know. So we've we've got Hillary. I think she's up to sixty three or maybe more. I, I don't I, I don't tend to, to keep an exact count. I'm still waiting on Seth Rich uh, to see what the what the real story on that is, and a bunch of yeah. other people. You've got the Obamas, which are now you know into the Democrat. This is very leftist. This is what leftists do. You figure you know Hitler was a leftist. You know destroyed the entire nation and most of the world. You know all these leftists out there, the dictators, Mao, you know Pol Pot, they all kill by the millions. So so for a leftist to kill people, to them it's just like business. 
I don't think they see because because you, you don't see conservatives doing this. You know, you don't see conservatives doing much of anything. I want to talk about that for a minute too, because Congress is coming back from their their recess, uh, their do nothing month when everything else happened. Um, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Now, how many have the now? You got a, now the Biden crime family is basically a, a mafia RICO style operation, except that they operate in politics rather than business. So rather than having Correct. prostitutes and drug running and things, although they may have those, I don't know, um, they, they basically sell themselves you know, to other countries and they sell the influence of themselves. But have they ever had anybody killed that we know of or suspected? So as far as we know, we, uh, we do not uh, – there is no, uh, nothing on record or even whispering okay. uh, that, that are public enough. Oh, let's start some. Uh, let's start a rumor. Come on. Well, I mean, well killed, I mean, they, they – well, well, let's just look at um, how powerful Biden truly is. I mean, he walked into another country mm-hmm. and got a guy, got an attorney general fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that he doesn't need to kill anybody. He has that much sh- stroke to where he could just walk in and control any uh, another government. That in itself, yeah, that's pretty is, interesting. Yeah, yeah that point. itself is very scary. Yeah, well, it's like and and with. Um... You know, the whole martyr thing and the fact that uh, we talked about this yesterday, that uh, John Kennedy became more powerful in death than he did in many ways in life. You know, he was a a huge figure in life, but people are still talking about him, you know, because he was assassinated, uh, most likely by the CIA. And so nowadays it seems like you don't. The last person, the last conservative advocate I know that was murdered uh, was Andrew Breitbart. And, and his legacy yeah. is Breitbart News. You know, in fact, a lot of the things that I learned um, to create citizen legislators, you know, I picked up from Andrew Breitbart, who created citizen uh, journalists. I figured, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Of course, I don't want the same fate, but if I do, I've got you to carry on. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, well, with Breitbart, I'd like to make a comment saying that, you know, after uh-huh. his death, uh, Breitbart really went downhill, and it kind of went more central than anything else um, uh-huh. away from conservative. Um, you know, Breitbart, uh, Andrew Breitbart, Breitbart was really the key to the whole company. Um, yeah, and it's the never the same. Really got lost. Yeah, it's it really got lost after after yeah. yeah after he left. And, yeah, it's like civil know, we'll rights and Martin Luther King. Yeah, yeah, we'll probably see the same thing with Twitter once Elon Musk uh, moves on. Um, you know, they'll probably go back to kind of some of their old ways um, is well, what I'm kind of assuming. Quick strategy question. Uh, I have gained nothing since Elon Musk took it over. Uh, I still I, I am so low on the, on the chain of, of things there. They've algorithmed me. And in fact, I'm so low in the news feed that, that Twitter doesn't even know or X doesn't even know that I have an account, I think. You know, I get, you know, I get so few views. So I'm thinking of just canceling my Twitter account. I keep Facebook because I have so many groups and I find it useful. Uh, it helps me actually organize the show. Because I put all the stories in different uh, groups. It's like almost 25 now, I think. Um, and so it helps me to do that. But uh, Twitter's never done anything for me. Never. Yeah. So I might just stop. And I used to post every show. I posted every show for years. It was great before COVID. Mm-hmm. Since COVID hit, we, we'd get like, you know, maybe one or two views, which is impossible at the time that I'm posting these shows. Well, I, I think what it is mostly is that uh-huh. um, I think they're still trying to undo a lot of what was happening before. And there's no. probably some code deep. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're here. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I think good. that there's some code that's so far deep that you know they still haven't dug it all out yet. Um, so it may oh. take another year or something like that. Oh, the time the last bomb. Thing I, last thing I want. Yeah. So the last thing I do want to discuss so today mm-hmm. is uh, it's a two-year anniversary from when the Taliban took over Afghanistan. Oh, um, when Biden and, surrendered. Yes, 
And as as you remember, mm-hmm. the Taliban stated that there, it's going to be a new liberated Afghanistan. Mm. You know, and, and women are going to have rights. So mm. here are the rights that the women now have. This is official as of yesterday. The uh, mm. the minister of whatever of suppression. I'm going to call it the minister of suppression. <laughs> suppression. <laughs> you know, you came out. Uh-huh. Yeah, came out and said women have the right to keep their eyes, so everything else has to be covered. Mm. Um, he came out yesterday and stated that uh, women no longer need to go to uh, parks with kids because head coverings come off while uh, the kids are playing in the parks. Oh, no. Um, and, and the exact quote that the Minister of Suppression said was, women do not need to go sightseeing. That's interesting. You know, it's funny. A park. I, 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 no, I, no, I know. I, uh, I had uh, when I was a tour guide in San Francisco. It was interesting because we had uh, Muslim women from various different countries: Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, uh, UAE, the United Arab Emirates, and different places. And we're talking rich families that would come here, and they would tell me how they would have to, uh, you know, dress in burqas when the plane took off. But as soon as the captain announced, "Okay, international airspace," the women all ran to the restrooms and changed into Western clothes. And then mm-hmm. they came here, and they yep. drove cars, and then and then some of the guys would then go to shooting ranges, like the Japanese tourists. They love Japanese men love to go to shooting ranges, and it was hysterical. Said, you know, and it, it, these different nations, because I talk to people from all over the world you know, every day, and so they come in, and it was fascinating that the the Muslim women would not shake my hand. The guys they didn't care as much, but the women, no, because uh, I'm an infidel, right? And so it was it was fascinating the cultural differences, but uh, yeah, the women are very strong, very independent, but. You know, since they're from Saudi Arabia or any of those other countries, you know, of course, as soon as they get back, you know, within Saudi airspace or near Saudi airspace, captain says, okay, about to enter Saudi airspace, and then run back, put the burkas on, you know, and it's it's uh, it's amazing what people go through. But we had something we had a guest uh, last week. I want to get her back, Karen Strawn, who's a men's advocate uh, because women get listened to on social issues much more than men do, including on men's rights. And she was talking about the the Muslim men everybody thinks of as these tyrannical, you know, they can do anything they want. But ultimately, the law also holds them responsible for everything that women do. So if a woman goes out and spends and gets the family bankrupt, it's his fault. If a woman does something to disgrace the family in public, it's his fault. Yeah, she might get punished too. But uh, there's there's a really strange you know, prison system that actually imprisons the men in, under Islam just as much as it imprisons the women. Because the men are, if the men don't work hard enough or don't make enough money or don't do enough stuff to provide for their family, they're they're social outcasts. They're they look looked upon terribly. Well, it's so true, it's, and uh, there's more to yeah, this I mean, and, than and just they, well, it's, oppression of women, which suits the left side. Yeah, that's, so, that's the point I'm making. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, but so yeah, so men do have you know anything you buy for one wife, you have to buy for a second wife, or you're, everything has to be divided equally. If it's not, Ugh. you could you are held responsible. But, you know, if a woman does screw up and do, does something wrong, she doesn't right. go to jail. She just dies. <laughs> well, that's true, too. Yeah, I'm not saying it's it, – uh, it, it, yeah. But, but uh, I only have a couple of minutes left. But the point I'm trying to make with the, this whole thing uh, is why I brought it up was uh-huh. the fact that for, what, the last, for about 10, 12 years, Islam was the future of America. And we were supposed to – cater to them and all it be all of how wonderful islam is and uh you know and, and all what all that was was a way to destroy america mm-hmm. um and once islam 
was shown to be who they truly are, and, and the mainstream media had no choice but to pick it up, you notice how Islam is now thrown to the side, and now it's all about trans, transgenderism. Uh, the left will, it, it, you know, the left just keeps throwing different things against the wall to trying to get something to stick in order to destroy this country, and it, and it's it, it's picking from any part of the of the world that's anti-Christian and using it in America to make it seem normal. You know, they use the Islam, they're using, uh, you know, the LGBT, uh, they're using anything they can that's anti-Christian, make it mainstream and make it so that you are wrong to speak out against them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, what the, that's what the left is doing in order to try to destroy this country. And it was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up this, uh, the two-year anniversary and then the minister of, of suppression what he had to say today, it just remember, Democrats, Democrats are the ones who said we should be in awe and more like the Islams. And that, that's what Islam is. More like the Islam. Head covering. <laughs> not, go, not going to I, I don't think it's exactly, I, don't think it's, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, but I yeah. think, though, the, 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 the country was, was tilting or tried to tilt towards Islam because Barack Obama is Islam. Barack Obama is a Muslim. His father was a Muslim. He's a Muslim. You know, he supported the Muslim Brotherhood, which was hated by Egypt. You know, he supported all these causes. And he's the one that I, I think, uh, you know, told um, Biden to surrender in Afghanistan and turn over all our weapons to his Muslim brothers, you know, in the various terrorist groups. I mean, that would make complete sense to yep. me. You know, I mean, he's the one that tried to give Iran the, the nuclear bomb and has worked very closely with that. You know, Brandon has no clue what's going on. So we were celebrating Islam because of Barack Obama. Now, the transgender, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why it is. But what's interesting, to think about this, too. We actually have a transgender, socialist, progressive, you know, ultra-left person on the show now. It's going to be on Wednesdays. You know, so you talk about, okay. uh, talk about the tolerance of the, the Christian right, which would that be us. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's there. So it's, you know, and it's fascinating to get the insights. I get insights from Bianca that I would not get from anybody else because – you know, she knows all about the, uh, the the whole progressive left. We may even get AOC on the show one day. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? I so, so you're going to go. Know. You're going to go from Wendy doing the uh, Christian half hour to Bianca doing the anti-Christian half hour. Pretty pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we are we are studying contrast. In fact, Wendy's on the line right now, so I got I got to get to her. But you know, actually, yeah. I had I had Bianca on yesterday, uh, right after Josie. <laughs> Josie had just you know, minister to all of us, you know, about Jesus Christ. And, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be really interesting to, to go to. Uh, you know, I, I don't know Bianca's religious beliefs. We, don't, we haven't really got into that. I'm so, I'm so curious about the inside operations of the Democrat Party, the leftists, and things like that. Um, things like universal basic income and all the things that they consider rights that aren't rights. So we have a lot of really open discussions. It, it, you know, nobody's pulling punches here. It's very respectful, but it's definitely direct, and we definitely disagree like on almost everything. But that's what makes it interesting right. to me. Anyway, last word. Um, you know. All uh, right, so to, I gotta go. Yeah. yeah, I gotta go earn my dollar for today. So uh, I'm actually headed to Washington D.C. tomorrow. I'm bringing what? some bills with me. Um, I am going to uh, since they're in. Um, you know, thank thank you, Rick Scott. He's got me a private tour of the U.S. Capitol. So I'm bringing. And you're telling me this notes. now? Wait a minute. We, we, we got to talk off the air. We got to get you uh, with some action radio bills. It's, yeah. So uh, I'm Which bringing sticky taking? notes with me. Uh, okay. I'm bringing sticky notes with me, and I'm going to put it on everybody's door except for Rand Paul. And I'm just going to say, "You suck. You are corrupt." 
See, that's going to win you a lot of friends. Bill, we've got to talk about winning friends and influencing people. We, I've got to put you through my lobbying course. This is not part of my lobbying course. But if you're going to go talk to Rick Scott, I want to talk to you after the show because there are three bills that are absolutely essential. In fact, I want to get him on the show. So if you, if you know him well enough, apparently he's pretty receptive to, to doing things like this. Um, but we need to get him on vaccine product liability, on ending big tech censorship, and the constitutional amendment uh, to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. I want to talk to him about those three issues. Those are the three big ones right now. Then we'll, we can talk about we'll, we'll talk, we'll and talk about things. that next week. Uh, yep. I'm cutting into Wendy's time, so let me go earn yep. my dollar for today. Well, there's nobody after her for week. the whole show. <laughs> Nobody's after her. So, you know, <laughs> we're kind of, I, got, I had two cancellations today, so we got a lot of free time. All right, anyway, so yeah. So uh, you leaving tomorrow? Leaving tomorrow morning. Yeah, put a big note here. Fetke to DC. Fetke takes on DC. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, Bill. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. And now substituting for Wendy Arthur is the lovely and talented Jennifer Marlowe from WKRP in Cincinnati. Good morning, Jennifer. Oh boy, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I know you are. That's okay. Bill Fecky oh gets Lord. on at seven o'clock and says, "Hey, jive turkey." <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. It's been, it's been downhill well, since then, so I, we, we should explain. <laughs> you, you want to explain, or shall I? Well, you you go ahead, and it's your show. I'll, I'll let you do that for a second, and well, then um, <laughs> we'll get into what we need. To do. We'll, we'll talk about a serious topic. So, Wendy posted a picture of herself back in her twenties with uh, you know bright scarlet red hair with with a, an eighties kind of phone, uh, and it just reminded me of uh, Jennifer Marlowe, who played who I forgot who the actress was that uh, uh, what was her name? It was in WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, I'm trying to remember her real name. Yeah, she was married to, to Burt Reynolds and all. Anyway, she's gorgeous, right? And yeah. so same same big hair, same hair. So Wendy just reminded me of that. <laughs> I posted now with Jennifer Marlowe from WKRP in Cincinnati on one of our Facebook groups, which I now have access Money. to again, thanks to the generosity yeah. of uh, of Facebook's benevolent, uh, you know, uh, communist management group that uh, allows me to occasionally post things that I want on on my own page. Yeah. <laughs> Lonnie Anderson, that was her name. Lonnie Anderson, okay. thank you. Yes, we're, we're, we need fact uh, chuckers, you know, that because uh, Facebook has fact chuckers, so we can have <laughs> fact chuckers too. Hey, the fact chuckers are there. Don't mispronounce that or we're going to get in trouble. But anyway, you know what I mean. So seriously now, what, <laughs> what's on your mind? Or oh, God's mind well, is what I should say. I tell you, yeah. It, yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's been um, – I was really – hoping for you know some great new topic this morning and um and that, that's that's not the case so but the lord has okay bore me, me to death <laughs> go ahead just bore me just bore me to death uh, Wendy. Just, just really just sorry yeah <laughs> it's not not boring but um factual and something we're thinking about okay uh i just thought it was uh very interesting uh that the lord had me go look up international news Oh, you know, we have an international news group, by the way. Yes. We actually have yes, our own. Yep. Well, so I started because yeah, 
here in America, things are not reported. Now, do you remember for the last umpteen months now, I've been saying, you know, that the prophets have been saying there's going to be a great silence, there's going to be blackouts, there's going to be great darkness, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Right. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> usual. Well, guess what happened in Kenya this week? Kenya, what an interesting country. Barack Obama's birthplace, according to yes. Kenya. And I was, <laughs> yeah. that, my, that was my first thought. I said, interest in Kenya. Because yeah. you know, this, this is not the enemy doing this stuff. This is God doing this stuff. Okay. Um, because he will give signs. He will give warnings, as you know. He's, he's, been, he's much more patient than I would be. <laughs> he's, he's got more time, you know. So it, 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 he's on the long-term plan. We're, we're kind of like, you know, <clears throat> on, on the lifetime, lifespan yeah. plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, God doesn't work in time. He's outside of time, so it means uh-huh. nothing yeah. to him. Um, yeah. All he knows is that he's got his blueprint and is going according to his plan. And, uh-huh. you know, you're either going to get on board or you're going to get left behind. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is you're like part of the plan anyway, so it's just a question of where you stand in the plan. You know, cause, That's exactly uh, right. You know, like I say, I've tried to plan things that weren't in God's plan, and uh, they didn't work. How about that? I mean, monumentally <laughs> failed. And these are things I thought I could do, you know. know. So, uh, yeah, interesting. And here we are. Yeah. Action reading. Teaching moment. (laughs) Mm, Many. Yeah, yeah. My life is a teaching moment. (laughs) The whole thing. I hear that. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway. As I'm as I'm looking things up. Mm Mhm. Because, uh, so, Kenya, uh, had. Almost a 24-hour period of no power mm. on one of the busiest traveling days of the year for the airport. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, and with absolutely no explanation. So air traffic control. I mean, the airplanes have their own <laughs> power generation of the engines, but air traffic control, you got to plug in the radio somewhere. So was there air traffic yes. control? There was. Thank Backup you. generators? Okay. Uh, well... Uh, I'm going to read you a very interesting story from Uh an African newspaper, right? Uh AP related, which is why I can access it. Not an African American Um, African newspaper, but an actual African newspaper. Just want to make that clear. Yes. Sorry, I'm the sarcastic. Actual African newspaper. Yep. And um, and then I'm also going to um, tell you about the blackout um, in Britain. Um. And which shut down their airport with no explanation. Oh. So leaving a lot of people stranded in the UK at airports. And um, so l- let me just kind of read this story because uh-huh. I, there's some significant things as I'm, I'm going to see if you pick them up as I'm reading the story. <clears throat> and then, and if anybody wants to call in and, if you're over there and you're hearing this and you, you experience this, just please call in to, to Action Radio. Yeah, 215-383-3832. Skype line or live chat, we're all here. Three different sources, three different pathways. There you go. All leading to so this me. Is from, <laughs> yes, this is from Africa News. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, the longest nationwide power outage in Kenyan's memory remained a mystery Sunday as the government-owned power company Blamed uh-huh. a failure at Africa's largest wind farm, which laid the responsibility on the power grid instead. 
So we already had starting the story off with passing the book. <clears throat> Sounds like Maui. It's Hawaiian yeah. Electric. No, it's the Hawaiian government. No, it's Hawaiian Electric. No, it's the government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was both. And nobody's talking they about the power the on and they turned the water off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. So it says, some of Kenya's more than 50 million people, including in the capital, Nairobi, saw power return almost 24 hours after the massive outage occurred late Friday. It was an embarrassment to the East African economic hub that has sought to promote itself as a tech center on the continent, but remains challenged by alleged mismanagement and poor infrastructure. Yes, hundreds of people were stranded. (laughs) Yes, hundreds of people were stranded in darkness for hours at Kenya's main international airport in Nairobi, leading to a rare public apology from a government minister in a country where tourism is a key part of the economy. This situation will not happen again, Transport Minister Kipchumba Merkaman said. The head of the Kenya Airports Authority was fired after a generator serving the main international terminal had failed to start. <laughs> shortly before midnight, it, right? yeah. they never tested it. They never shortly ran before it. Midnight, Just sat there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shortly before midnight Saturday, Kenya Power offered the first detailed explanation of the outage blending it on a loss of power generation from the Lake Turkana Wind Power Plant, Africa's largest wind farm, causing an imbalance that, quote, tripped all other main generation units and stations, leading to a total outage on the grid, unquote. But Lake Turkana Wind Power, in a statement, denied it was to blame. Instead, it said it had been forced to go offline by an, quote, over-voltage situation in the national grid system, which, to avoid extreme damage, causes the wind power plant to automatically switch off, unquote. The Hmm. plant had been producing nearly 15% of the national output at the time. I hope you're picking up on some stuff here. So (laughs) I'll finish the, the story. We're almost done. Okay. Such an interruption should be immediately compensated by other power generators in the system, the company said, but the continuing outages in the national grid were preventing the wind plant from being brought back online. Kenya Power said it couldn't even turn to importing power from neighboring Uganda, a relatively fast option that for some reason had been unavailable. We are jointly working on having the Uganda interconnector restored so as to enhance our grid recovery efforts, it said. President William Ruto, whose own office told the Associated Press on Saturday it was still running on generator uh, generator power hours after Kenya Power announced it had restored electricity to critical areas of the capital, did not comment publicly on the crisis. Instead, he again criticized opposition calls for anti-government protests over the rising cost of living, calling them a threat to investors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're worried about the investors. Shame of a nation, quote unquote, was the main headline of one of Kenya's leading newspapers, the Sunday Nation. It said the outage was costing businesses millions of dollars and leaving some major hospitals to run on generators. Kenya gets most almost all of its electricity from renewable resources, a fact that the government will promote as it hosts the first Africa Climate Summit early next month. So. Let's bring some stuff down here. Huh. <clears throat> Interesting. Well, there's a lot there. I don't know if I picked up exactly what uh, what you're thinking of, so you might have to uh, fill me in here. But the first thing is I've been watching Power Grids ever since Dr. Peter Pry told us about EMP and those kind of things. Uh, I've been right. screaming against you know what I call mono power. In other words, a single power source. You never want to have um, – 
be a power source be electricity, especially because it's government controlled, government regulated, government monopolized, government right. uh, profit and everything else. So you don't have that because California is a perfect example. First thing they do is put smart meters in, measure how much power everybody has, and then it cuts you back. And they say you can't have that much power. They make you buy electric cars and they tell you you can't charge them up. So this is this is government hypocrisy control at its absolute worst. Uh, people have been shooting up power stations. Uh, it's well known that, that if you take out nine substations in the United States, you bring down the whole power grid. I shouldn't know that. Yep. Because <laughs> if I know it, the terrorists know it. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, so that's why I don't mind broadcasting because this is well known. And 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 the other thing is that they're trying to kill air travel for quite a while. The only people who are supposed yep. to be traveling by air are the rich and the uh, uh, the privileged on their business jets. That's why they never criticize business jets. But they criticize airline travel. They make airline travel as miserable as possible. That's why they can bring back masks again. They don't want people flying because freedom, flying represents freedom. Cars represent freedom. Single-family homes represent freedom. So anything that represents freedom is against uh, you know, communism, which really – and they use climate change as the, as the medium. So they're definitely trying to destroy air, air travel. And the idea that this happened you know, uh, in, in Kenya – so in, in Kenya being an African country, do they call it a blackout? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't mind me. But the thing is, <laughs> and the, the emails you're going to get. Um, yeah, yeah here's, I know. But you know what? Hey, come on, you folks can't take a joke. I'm sorry. Anyway, but but yes. it, there's a war against power. There's a war against freedom, uh, and the fact that this country has so much of their power in so-called green energy. Uh, why was it shut down? What was? This, I'm sort of missing part of the story here. Why was the their their wind farm? This thing's got to be huge. Does it take up like half a yes. national park or something? I mean, you know, how big is this thing? I don't. I didn't look at maps. I just know that if you're getting uh-huh. 15% of your power from a wind farm, uh-huh. um, it said that the wind farm automatically shuts down when there are um, when the different stations are going out because it, it prevents it from coming back up um, and working. So the wind Why would you farm, do that? By, by the way, is not powered by wind, right? Everybody knows that? <laughs> You know, these things are, are, are powered. Um, if there's not enough wind, they'll, they'll use diesel to, to make these things work. Oh, I, I didn't know that. There's a diesel engine on board those windmill things? All I know is they kill a lot of birds, a lot of birds, <laughs> because cause the, yes, the, tips, the tips of, the, of the, the bigger ones are going at close to 200 miles an hour. Most people don't know that. And if they walk in that slow-turning yeah. windmill to kill a bird, well, the, the propeller near the hub is going very slowly. But the further out you get from the hub, the faster that part of the propeller is going. That's how propellers, right. most people don't know that even small airplane propellers at the tips can go supersonic. Even though the propeller is only well, rotating at, at uh, 2,500 uh, revolutions per minute. But those, you, those tips can go supersonic at like 2,600, 2,700 RPM. Well, I'm not worried about birds right now. Um, <laughs> so we'll get back to this is a government-owned electric company mm-hmm. so and then they don't know why their backup generators weren't working mm-hmm. they don't know why all this happened in the first place mm-hmm. they're blaming it on the wind farm the wind farm says no the power grid automatically shuts us down when they're having a problem so that's probably so they don't have over generation and nowhere for the power to go that actually might make sense because you could probably could burn out the generators, if, the, if right. the power can't transfer it somewhere. So that actually makes sense now to me. Okay. So given that, where are we going? Where are we, what's our, what's our, what's our, so, uh, go ahead. Okay. So, so far, nobody knows why this happened. Right. So 
but Somebody yet knows. after 24 <laughs> hours it was restored, right? Uh-huh. So what you have to pair this with other things happening all around the world now. So okay. I'm going to leave this here for a moment, and uh-huh. then I'm going to tell you about the U.K. Hmm. Um, so, and this is, at the, uh, this is on the same day, by the way. Okay. Uh-huh. What's the day? <laughs> so, what, we, what day are we talking about? Uh, the 28th. No, 27th. Huh. So, um, okay. so here we are. If you go to the U.K. now, um, on, on the same day, air traffic control services in the U.K. Uh, spent forever trying to restore normal operations um, after – now, they didn't go out for, you know, 24 hours like Kenya did, um, but it was hours long. And some 3,049 flights were due to depart from U.K. airports, and another 3,054 flights were scheduled to arrive that they couldn't go? do it. Oh, they didn't, probably didn't take off. Yeah, they they yeah. kept telling them to circle, you know, or, or to go to other airports. Um, so uh, it's just amazing to me how all the airports are being affected, which is how people, you know, get in and out and do business and all this other kind of stuff. And, and they also couldn't explain um, why they had this power outage. They're trying to kill air travel. I mean, they're trying to do away well, with airlines. You know, they don't want people flying. They don't want to – I've heard two beers a month, one steak a month maybe. Uh, they're, they're, they're rationing everybody. You know, and you look at all the COVID mandates are coming back like crazy. I don't know anybody that has COVID. I mean, every, it's, it's around. You know, most of us are immune. Uh, well, right now, everybody's being diagnosed with the flu again, by the way. Um, oh, and, that's and, and, interesting. And when was the last time, you know, there, there was a, a flu epidemic in summer? Never. Never. There are no okay. there are no viral so, epidemics in the summertime because viruses don't survive in the summertime. They live in the wintertime because no, they live in people that are inside. There is there is a rash of people. I mean, a lot of people now coming down with the flu, and it and bad flu. And they've all had COVID shots. <laughs> How many of them have had COVID shots? I don't know. I bet you all of them. Yeah, and they have not shared that yet. However, well, not going I just to. find that very interesting that mm-hmm. there is a flu epidemic now going around in summer. And on the field, and I'm not saying, you know, it, it, it could be And now story number three. And now story number three of our <laughs> chain of events, of our chain of unrelated events yes. that are all together. So we're making a picture here. Yeah. So story number yeah. three. <laughs> Segway uh, yeah. away. Um, it has now, Florida has now decided that uh, Bill Gates' GMO uh, mosquitoes uh-huh. can now be released uh, again. Another round of them can be released again. That who decided, decided this? A, a few days ago. Florida. I don't know who in Florida, but somebody up um, in the upper echelon in Florida has decided that, yes, the second round of the GMO mosquitoes can be released. That's insane. So, and, and you know who, 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 you know, started all that? That was, you know, um, Bill Gates. So it's not for our good people. They're saying it's so that they can kill the bad mosquitoes. No, these are the bad mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. Filled with crap that you don't want to have, right? Because well, now well, who's you know, to the say they're not and all that other kind of stuff. Well, bugs what? mutate amazing. Bugs mutate amazingly fast. That's how they become immune to insecticides. You know, so yeah. the idea that uh, that somehow this is a good thing. 
you know, I always go back to Jeff Goldblum in uh, Jurassic Park. He says, you never asked if you should. You only asked if you could. And so the idea yeah. of GMO, first of all, they're, they're raising males because they say they're sterile and uh, the females won't be able to breed. Well, first of all, you don't know how many of those are. Unless, how are you going to check if they're sterile or not for a mosquito? All right. Thank they're you. Just, they're just assuming. Okay. They're assuming that there aren't any females with those males. They're assuming that the, no genetic differences will happen in the succeeding generations. What's a mosquito live? What, a week? <laughs> you know, from a little wriggler to biter, you know, and so they don't, you know, they don't live that long. And so the idea of several generations in one summer is very possible. And if you think viruses mutate fast, which they do, these things, you know, are probably at, at a similar rate. These things, you know, mutate like crazy also. So there's no control. The, you cannot control the forces, you know, that are going into these genetic mosquitoes. This is, this is just well, insanity. No, and, and we all know that if Bill Gates has his hand in it, it is for depopulation, period, end of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's never done anything good with his life. He's the guy's a total criminal. He's a criminal to yes, Microsoft. That's who made his fortune. He stole other people's software. You know, he did a bunch of stuff. Completely, you know, he broke every anti-competitive law there is, monopolized all kinds of stuff. And so for him, it doesn't matter. If he wants it, he gets nope. it. That's all that, that's all that yep. matters to him. Same thing with all these folks. Well, <sighs> I'm just saying that mm-hmm. all this stuff going on that is not being reported, you know, you've got to dig for this stuff, you know. I do all the time. Um, and you have to put, I know, and you have to put all the pieces of the puzzles together. So mm-hmm. now let's go back to my original statement of, do you remember when I've been warning about the blackouts? Yes. <laughs> and the great silence and uh-huh. all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I'm not looking so crazy now, am I? So anyway. <laughs> well, you never look crazy, you know, but look where you, look who surrounds you in the show. I mean, we're, we're, we are, yeah, well, um, you know. we are a unique group of individuals. On this show, we we think yeah. differently, we we act differently, we talk differently. To us, the crazy people are the ones that think everything's normal out there. You're the crazy people, you know. You mask wearing, yeah. you know, in your car, fearful of everything, you know, folks that uh, demand everybody else be as crazy as you. And we're not going to do it. So the whole there's a, there's a movement now. I will not comply, and I'm saying that's not enough. It's not enough to just not comply. Is you've got to you've got to put these people in the box so they never do it again. You know, it's yeah, like I will, I, I will stop you from from doing anything. So not complying, that's that's the basic step. That's that's like in, in flying. When I used to teach flying, and I told people, they said, I would say, fly safe. I said, no, fly well. What do you mean? Well, I said, safety is only the beginning. I said, what you really want to do is fly well. Yes. So I, I tell my students to fly well. I didn't just teach them to fly safely. Everybody else is teaching safety, and they left it at that. I said, you, you've missed like ninety percent of flying if all you're teaching is safety. It's that's the basic. You know, it's like the, the pyramid of physical, what, what is it? You know, the, 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 this is like a chart of things that are desirable for humans. The most basic one is physical safety. Then you get emotional safety, comfort, you know, knowledge, wisdom. Or, there's like a whole pyramid of human something or other. I'll think of it. But anyway, safety is the lowest level. Back to you. No, I mean, you, that, yeah. that's what the government says. And it just strives for the height of mediocrity um, mm-hmm. so you can be controlled. Uh, mm. so, Watch the fountain. So what I'm trying to tell people is, um, yeah. please listen. You know that because mm. we have a very small um, amount of time left because September is there's going to be lots of stuff happening in the world, um, uh, especially in the spiritual realm. 
which is going to manifest here in, in our everyday world that we live in. Um, so, and I, it's almost getting to the point where it's going to be too late to, to prepare and get ready if you don't do it now. You've got, you know, just a, a few days left. So um, before September comes around and, and start looking somewhere between September 5th and 29th probably or 25th um, to just things start unraveling um, in the world. So And don't think that America is immune to blackouts, people. That I live in California. Fact, we, we had them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it, there's, there's bigger things at play here mm-hmm. and just, you don't have to be afraid, just be prepared. So you know, stock your pantry, you know, with whatever you can. Right? If, if, if things are super tight, you know, go to Dollar Tree. They actually have a whole little food aisle, you know, that you can get things um, and stock your pantry, you know, with. And, and as unhealthy as they are, throw some ramen noodles in the basket because, you know, <laughs> all you need is hot water. Yeah, you can so, throw those. College students all over the world yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, uh, what time ramen are you so making there, tonight? Oh, I got my new top ramen. Okay, great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And and you know get get some hot sauce because you know that you know flavor it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, barbecue sauce. But I can make anything taste good yeah. with barbecue sauce, even ice cream. I'm just teasing. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was rolling with you until you said that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I just made that up. Yeah. Beans. Yeah. Beans and bullets. Bullets and beans. There you go. Beans, Bibles, so and bullets. I, the three essentials for life. It's it's very important to get into the word right now, people, because if mm-hmm. if you don't. If you don't know the Word of God and if you don't know what to stand on, if you don't know Him, then you're at the whim of whatever anybody else wants to do. So what is, you really need... What does the enemy get from taking our power and our... our, our I know taking away freedom, but what's, what's, what's the power connection? Is there something special about electricity that denying us benefits the evil forces out there? Well, think about the battle between dark and light. Okay. Scripture says we are not light. children of darkness, but we are the light. Yeah. So, um, and you can't see in the dark. You don't mm-hmm. know what's going on in the dark. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a, a great metaphor, if you ask me. <laughs> Trying to okay. get people in the dark and blacked out, you know, so you don't know what's going on, so you don't know what they are doing. <clears throat> so... Um, and some of this stuff, I, I got to tell you, it's, it's not the enemy doing it. It's God. He's going to be have his hand in stuff of taking down um, dismantling systems. And I've been talking about that for almost two years now um, because this is not the system he had set up. This is not what he wanted from the very beginning, yet we – and he's been very patient to let people turn things around. And the church has been asleep in the light the, and has not stood up. And the the false gospel of um, hyper grace has been preached from pulpits for far too long. It doesn't matter what you do, you know, kind of like oh, oh hyper grace. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you, um, you know, acknowledge that there's a God and Jesus, then then you're good. And you know, all dogs go to heaven, kind of thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> Oh, so you could be a mafia hit person and uh, knock off a couple of folks during the week, and then by the time you get to church on Sunday, that's it's done. It's it's, it's all resolved or, yes. or absolved. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah. yes um, because God is love, and you know He's not going to 
you know, um, you know send anybody to hell. And, you know, um, and, hmm. and, and the, the idea of sin is really old-fashioned, and you really have to be progressive now. And you have to, you know, adapt the Bible. This has actually been said. You have to adapt the Bible to today's world. Oh, I've heard that about the Constitution, too. In fact, I had that discussion uh, with yeah. uh, uh, our progressive reporter uh, on that very issue. I said, no, you don't. I said, it's, it's, it's not a living thing. It's a contract. You know? the, the Bible is a contract. You know? And uh, you live up to the contract, you live up to your end, and uh, God lives up to God's end. And that's how, that's how it works. You know, the Constitution is a contract yeah. between the states and the federal government. You know, all these things are not marriage. It's a contract. It's not a right. It's a contract. You know? and, that's uh, right. Which means it implies responsibility. Well, here's the question. Action Radio, uh, I really, truly believe in all my heart that we have the solution to fixing an amazing amount of problems. And actually, you know, people say, we're going to take our country back. Well, here's how you do it. Yet there's a reluctance of people out there. And I sort of, you know, here's my question for God, is that I know we're on the, we're on the right track here. How come, you know, or is it just the wrong time? It seems like there's a lot of obstacles. Am I supposed to overcome these obstacles and all of this? Or is there, is there a reason? that we are as blocked as we are, that people who were doing exactly the thing that people want done, they want the country taken back, they want freedom, they want all these things, unless, of course, they don't want that. That's maybe part of the question. But why, why are we running into so many obstacles when we're trying to bring the greatest freedom to the greatest number by changing the laws? Because you just answered your own question. Um, here, here's the thing. The enemy okay. does not want freedom. He's coming against anybody who is fighting for freedom with everything he's got right now. Mm-hmm. And no matter what he brings, it's not going to work because God himself is dismantling the system. It's, okay. We call it the Babylonian system. This was not the way God wanted it set up. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to dismantle everything that the wicked people have set up and done and that the weak church has not fought against and brought down and stood up to even have it be established in the first place, but right. that's a whole nother show. Um, but it, it, all of these things have become so screwed up that only God can fix it. So the way to fix it is to, is to just tear it all down, to dismantle the whole thing. And that's what people aren't ready for because we have been born into it. This is all we know. Mm-hmm. We have no idea the level of slavery we are in. We, we have no idea. We see our, our, our freedoms and our rights being taken away, but we have no idea how much in slavery we are. And God has said, it's enough. Enough is enough. Y'all haven't done your job that I, you yeah. were put here to do, and so I'm going to have to fix it. And once I fix it, um, then the things that Action Radio is about will be able to be implemented. But until the dismantling of the system who is coming against us right now is, is dismantled, um, we're going to continue being blocked and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, just be ready. This is, this is the preparation period for action radio. This is the preparation period for any Patriot. I've been ready um, for years. Who is trying (laughs) Most yeah, of the legislation I wrote in to, uh, t- yeah, 2017, 2018, most of our bills were written back at WBY. So it's been marketing right. after that to try and get others to, to see what we've already accomplished. Um, you know, it's interesting it's, to say It's that. a matter of timing now. Okay. All right. That makes it's sense. It's a matter of timing. And, yeah. and I would also say um, 
it, it's a time for you as, as a leader of Action Radio um, to be seeking God about what it is that he wants. Is there okay. something that needs to be tweaked? Is there something that is not pleasing to him? Is there something, you know, that you, he wants you to add in that isn't here yet? You know, it's, you are responsible for Action Radio because this is your baby that he gave you the idea to start, and yep. you've been doing a great job getting it done. But there's obviously a, another step. So, you know, use this, this time of quiet right now, relative quiet, um, <laughs> To, to seek him about what's next because, yes, you've got all the bills in place. You've got all kinds of, of, of great ideas and, and you know what you want to do with it. But when it actually comes, when there are actually no walls, when there's actually no censorship um, and stuff like that, what what is the first thing that he wants you to do with it? Okay. That, that's the responsibility of you to seek the Lord about. So okay. um, it, yeah, the, the floodgates will open, so just be prepared for it. Oh, I, I am. At least I think I am. But the, thing, the, the fun of this for me uh, and, and the challenge is that we don't know what's going to happen. God knows what's going to happen. We don't. And so right. you have to have no fear of the unknown. Probably the key quality in it to be in action radio. You cannot fear the unknown. You have to welcome the unknown. You have to just jump right into yes. the unknown and, with both feet and, and know that it's going to be okay. Otherwise, you really can't well, be here. Well, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Most people think that the unknown is, contains bad stuff. Mm. That's, that's a natural assumption. If you don't know what's out there, it could be bad. Mm-hmm. But the visionaries say, we don't know what's out there. Let's check it out because this could be great. Yeah. And who's to say we can't make the, the, the future in ways that people have never even thought of? You know, my latest idea to get on with Tucker Carlson, write a bill on the air, and submit it directly to Congress from his show. That would change politics forever. Yep. And it just so happens by, you know, now here's, here's where God acts, and this is where I do see things. Uh, I had Chadwick Moore, Tucker's biographer. I've been, I've been trying to get, on, get in contact with Tucker for months. I'm thinking, how can I do this? And, I, you know, we have powerful friends, you know, and Chadwick Moore, the, the biographer of Tucker, ends up, and he says he'll take that message to, uh, to Tucker Carlson. I'm just, I just emailed him again waiting for a reply. What are the chances, huh? I mean, the, 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 person, the one person in the world that probably could get the, you know, other than his family, to get in, in, in contact with Tucker Carlson was on my show last Thursday. What right. are the chances? Yeah. That's not an accident. No, it's not an accident. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's all going to unfold as it should, as long mm-hmm. as we are prepared for that. So, yeah, I'm just impatient. That's the one thing I have to work on. I'm not very patient. Well, I, I think that um, anybody who is an action person, mm-hmm. no, no matter what field you're in, I think that's mm-hmm. a common trait because yeah. you know, we are get-it-done kind of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Everybody says, slow down. Wait. Wait for what? <laughs> Why should I wait for my freedom? Yeah. There's an article. Here's something you might want to do. I wrote an article, If There Was No Left, you know, and I actually defined freedom. Uh, it's in my substack, gregpenglis.substack.com. So uh, the other one to read is The Nation of Government. Uh, where Washington, I define Washington as its own government country, creating an entirely new entity. But if you read If There Were No Left, because I actually paint a picture of what this country would look like without the left. It's kind of interesting. And okay. it sort of answers your question of what, what does freedom look like. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I think about it, I'll send it to you. Otherwise, you can uh, hop to my, uh, my personal substack, gregpenglis.substack.com, and read all the things that I write that nobody else does. <laughs> yes. 
So um, are uh-huh. we cutting into Bonnie's time? Bonnie's not here today. Bonnie, uh, uh, otherwise I would have said something. No, no she's off. And, oh, okay. and my other guest um, also canceled. So I have, I have two hours. So I don't mind talking to you. This is great. If you have a couple, the few extra minutes is fine. I got, I got the whole rest of the show to myself. So, you know, I'm going to play yeah. this. Uh, actually, I have a, um, and I thought about this because I heard last night that I was going to be, I had two hours open that I wasn't expecting. So I have a W-E-B-Y classic. I'm really having fun playing these old shows from 2017, 2018, you know, when I was brand new in radio. Um, this is the right. show before uh, the Confederate Memorial protest to keep the statue up there. And so okay. I, I'm just pulling out all these old shows. And, but it's interesting to listen. This is what they do in the Trump administration. So it's a totally different frame of reference. We're all optimistic. Well, everything's great, and, you know. And now that two years down the line, you know, mm-hmm. and and you can actually see what's happened since the original show, mm-hmm. um, and and you can see you know, where you called it like you saw it and it was correct, you know. Kind of thing. Yeah, those, those I, are I, I those moments are fun important. also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love when that happens. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. fascinating to me is like, hey, I was right. See, here's my proof. I was right. Here's me five years ago saying exactly, what, you know. But what's interesting is that a lot of the ideas are consistent. I didn't realize how far back my own ideas go because you don't, you know, you don't think you only hear yourself at the moment that you're, you're speaking and talking. But you listen to recordings right. from, from years ago and think, oh, wow. And I can see how a lot of things developed and, and actually have grown in, even stronger in conviction in different areas, yeah, <laughs> particularly evolved, on the Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's quite fascinating. So check out the show. Besides, well, I, no one else would ever hear these interviews yeah, I, that I did if I don't put them on a uh, podcast on uh, Blog Talk. So, you know, hey, that's why I do it. That's right. Well, yeah, I, I posted a thing on, on uh, the Action Radio comedy page this morning that should probably be posted on all the Action Radio pages. <laughs> well, I'll take a look. Do, do you want to share? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of involved in a show right now to look, but I can, I'll look during uh, – well, yeah, it's, it's about a 43-minute – Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it, 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 it's a picture of a black T-shirt. Um, and on the T-shirt, <clears throat> it says, I identify as a, con- as a conspiracy theorist. Pronouns are told slash you slash so. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, because we don't call them. That ain't action radio. Nothing is. <laughs> That's exactly action. I told you so. We told you so five years ago. Where were you? You know, don't blame us. We were there. We were right. Told you about COVID. March 2nd. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, you know, 2020. We, chloroquine, yeah. I, except for, I pronounced it chloroquine because I didn't know. And then I found out. We, we were so accurate, we didn't even know how to pronounce them properly. <laughs> but we were right there. Two weeks before. Two weeks before. 50, let's pat ourselves on the back for a minute here because this is kind of interesting. Two weeks before 15 days to slow the spread. We're talking March 2nd of 2020. You know, we at Action Radio had already come out with calling COVID a flu bug, a potential bioweapon. We had a cure for it in chloroquine from a study in Marseille, France by Dr. Didier Raoult. We uh, said the pandemic was a hoax. So there was no need for it. And I had several articles that, I, that backed me up over the course of the next, you know, probably a few months. Um, but when people were actually writing accurately about COVID, I still got those articles too, the ones that haven't been, you know, scrapped from the internet. But so there's a lot of articles that said there is no pandemic. We've got the cures. What's your problem, people? You know, we had hydroxychloroquine. We had then later ivermectin. Uh, did, you, did you ever see the uh, Dr. Zelenko Action Radio Coronavirus Clearinghouse when one had that group activist? Did you ever get a chance to take a look at that? Yeah. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Dr. Zelenko. Yes. The Dr. Zelenko. You could talk to him directly. You know, or I, if someone had a question, I'd message him and say, hey, Doc, can you, can you help out this person? And he'd be like, hey, better, okay, fine. I'll, I'll come on the show. I, you know, 
Like, like, bye bye. What do you want? Okay, fine. What's the problem? Okay, fine. I'll help you out. No, he wasn't that bad. But uh, he was a, a fabulous man. And uh, I really appreciated uh, getting to know him. That's the nice thing about radio, too, is the people we get to talk to uh, is incredible here. And so anyway, yeah, so we had that. And, of course, Facebook disabled it. But they've left. It's still – I can still get to it. That's the funny part. So I, I, um, I post the, the, the logo that we had where we had you know, him as the, uh, the soldier firing off a hydroxychloroquine molecule you know, into, mm-hmm. a, into a T cell, <laughs> into a COVID cell, COVID virus. So yeah. now, that I, now that I have you for a few more minutes, um, this, this, September is going to be really crazy because we've got Labor Day and then all hell breaks loose, if you'll pardon the expression. Um, the mandates they want to bring back, although there's no evidence of COVID anywhere. The newspapers, oh, newspapers, the, the media is saying oh, COVID's up. I don't know anybody that's sick. I don't see anything different out there, you know. And then I'm starting to see masks again, and and, and the mandate stuff. It's the whole psychosis. The mass psychosis uh, is being regenerated, and Congress is coming back in session. So the question is, you know, are these idiot doofus uh, geldings, you know, in the gelding old party? You know, they know what to do. They say the right thing, but I'm still convinced they will do absolutely nothing to defund or stop the coming mandates, even though they know it's wrong and we hate them. They won't yep. do a thing to stop it. Why is that? Nope. What's, what's, why are they so spineless, gutless? Why, why do you even have a Republican Party? Why, you know, is, is that part of, of the, the evil plan to give you a fake opposition to make you think that these people actually, uh, even our own Congressman Matt Gates? You know, he would be the first one that should have sponsored uh, a House Select Committee on the stolen election, and yet he never has. He should be the first person calling for the defunding of the entire branded insurrection, every agency and department. Never has. He knows about it because I've written him about it. Right. You know, of all, you know and yet yeah. he won't take any action except these little tiny little, you know, nibbling away bills that don't really accomplish anything. He'll, he'll defund one agency rather than the whole thing. You know us. <laughs> we, we, I got a constitutional amendment to, uh, yeah, tell me. They want to appear like they're doing something, but they don't mm-hmm. want to rock the boat. Nothing gets done by those kind of people. Mm-hmm. If, if you aren't willing to rock the boat, then, you know, heck, I'm willing to sink a ship. Well, we're actually building a new boat. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's like... We have, we, have a new, you know, we have the Action Radio uh, Citizen Legislature. That's our boat. Um, but, uh, you know, people say, you know, boy, you think outside the box. I say, no, there is no box. The what? That's right. I say, I say if, if you right. think outside the box, you're still imprisoned by the box. You're just outside rather than inside the box. I mean, who are the prisoners, the guards or the inmates? Well, both. Both. They're all behind bars. That's right. You know, That's so right. Uh, so you know, if you this think outside the box, yeah. Well, I mean, that's true too. I mean, there's a difference, you know. But 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 physically, they're both behind bars. So who's the prisoner? Yes. Yeah. And yes. that kind of thinking. So these people in Congress, they're imprisoned by by the special interests. You know, we have a guest coming on tomorrow. I should uh, announce his name. I don't know much about him, yet, but of course, I have a whole day to find out. Richard Vague, V A G U E, author of the Paradox of Debt. A New Path to Prosperity Without Crisis. So, of course, I sent into my, my favorite people to book all our guests. I said, well, if you really want prosperity, you know, give a constitutional amendment that takes away the power of Congress to borrow money. So the first thing I'm going to ask this guy tomorrow is, what about a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money? And if he weasels his way out of it, no, I've got a plan, and we've got this side and the other thing, we have to consider carefully the uh, variables. I'll know he's a, it's a BS. I'll know it's a bunch yep. of nonsense, and I'll call him on it. Yeah. Yep. But if he supports it, and says, that's a great idea. 
let me take it to the media and Congress. That's great. Now we're buds. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that simple. Yes. But why is it that our solutions are so simple? And everybody else out there who's getting, you know, mass reviews and, uh, and publicity and all this stuff, they're writing these complex books on things that we take, you know, five words to, to accomplish. Well, here's the thing. We're not being paid off. That's Anytime sure. you hear somebody say, well, it's complicated. That means that there are there's stuff in there that they, number one, can't explain. Number mm-hmm. two don't really know how it works. They just know that somebody above them is really pulling the strings. Uh Um, And number three, that somehow they're going to get compensated for nothing happening. Yeah, there's an entire industry in doing nothing. You know, Congress is an entire industry. The Republican Party is an entire institution based on doing nothing. The Department of Education. Yeah, I mean, I I, I look at most of the government. You know, and and they... It, but this is this is going to be uh, this is the, to me this is the test this particular this one bill this one constitutional amendment taking away the power of, of Congress to borrow money would bring about unparalleled prosperity would eliminate inflation get rid of the Fed el- eliminate the ability of the government to own private securities the only uh, authority would be the the Treasury which could hold money and the Congress which could regulate it but they couldn't print it to cover expenses you know this basically is right. is an ironclad box. That says you cannot borrow, you cannot tax. I mean, you can tax, but you can't borrow. You can't create inflation. You can't ruin the economy. And with deflation, we'll be transferring money back to people. You know, my goal is to get us back to the 1913 dollar, which our current dollar is worth about three cents of a 1913 dollar. So we can. So you know, if how does it work exactly? So yeah, the dollar's lost so much value. It's lost 97 percent of its value. Well, that was taken from us. We don't, Americans uh-huh. in, in these last couple generations um, don't remember an America that did not have income tax. Yeah, or withholding. Because, yeah, because it was never, ever, it, it, and they use war to implement all kinds of crap on the people. To, uh-huh. it, it, when you see somebody starting a war, look for something to be taken away from you. Uh-huh. So when... Um, the world wars were going on, and then, you know, oh, well, we need the, the, an income tax um, because we have to pay for all these things, uh, but it will never get above 6%. That, that is the maximum that will ever be taken. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and now we're looking at 30%. Mm. And withholding was only supposed to be for World War II. That's right. Yeah. Yet, once you implement a tax, it will never go away. Once you say yes to that, you're a goner. Mm-hmm. So all of this has to be dismantled. Yeah. That's going to be a huge fight. That's the test. Um, because people say, well, what about a war? Well, what about a war? Solve it quickly. You don't have to borrow money to fight a war. As I, as I tell people, when they say, well, what about a war, man? You've got to be able to borrow money. I said, do you really think if the Chinese launch hypersonic missiles that will be here in 10 minutes or less, Congress is going to meet and borrow money? Yeah. You know, and, and the absurd, and you put people with that much absurdity. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, name a problem that can't be solved without current expenditures. They get five trillion a year. What can't? What what legitimate government function can't be done with five trillion dollars in this country? Thank you. Well, if you stop buying, you know, five thousand dollar hammers, 
you know, mm-hmm. don't even get me started on that. But anyway, yeah, it, whatever your budget is, you better overspend it or spend all of it so that you get approved for more next year. That's yeah. the mindset. Well, I mean, we'll, I have a budget bills uh, ideas. So let me tell you one, one bill idea I have. I'm probably going to write it this weekend. Uh, it's called, let me see, pull it up here. I'm going to move my screen around a little bit. I think you're going to love this. This is, this is a, definitely a, a Trump bill. Uh, the, compliance, the Compliance Cost Payment Act. Now, the Investigation Compliance Cost Advanced Payment Act basically means whenever the government investigates somebody uh, and there's any kind of compliance cost, they bill the government in advance. It's based on the principle of innocent until proven guilty. So, so for Trump, for example, so that he already has he spent some fifty million dollars already, and he hasn't even gotten to trial. And these trials are bogus anyway. So the government can spend an unlimited number of taxpayer dollars. So what my bill would say is, every dollar that the government spends investigating every, anybody, they have to give the equal amount to the person investigated in advance, so they can pay the compliance cost. And the reason for that is you're innocent until proven guilty. So the way the government works now, they, it doesn't matter whether you're innocent or guilty. They can still cost you time and money, uh, take away your rights, your property, and everything else and before you even get to trial. You've already lost. Lost customers, like those gun stores where the, the ATF goes in, whereas big ATF you know, logos on their back scares the hell out of the customers. They've already convicted these people before they, while they have a, quote, ongoing investigation. So why shouldn't the, yep. the government pay the compliance costs? And, and that would include lost revenue from customers. So I'm going to put all this stuff in a bill probably this weekend. What do you think? Well, I think that's a great idea because I, only the government says you're guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. Here in our justice system, it's the opposite, but not the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So why should, if the government wants to investigate somebody, why shouldn't they pay the compliance costs up front until somebody's convicted? Then you can bring about fines, jail, things like that under normal conviction. But just as you can't take uh, civil assets from people until there's a conviction, although that was uh, that was turned around. So I think this would be an interesting uh, thing to have a, a compliance cost, you know, pre-reimbursement. You know, compliance cost and reimbursement yeah. until proven guilty. Yeah, it's my latest yeah. idea. That's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll get Donald Trump yeah. on the show. He needs to be on the show anyway. We we need to talk. We've got he ideas does. here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. On that note, <laughs> word for the week. What's that? Can we talk? Yeah. <laughs> President Trump, we have some ideas for you. We can help your campaign in ways that you can't possibly imagine. You know, so because uh, nobody does what we do. See, yeah, and here's the other thing, That's too. True. This is something. This is, here's a point, too, that I, I think the reason, you know, everybody wants to talk to, to Donald Trump because they want Donald Trump to help them. I want to talk to Donald Trump because I think I can help him. And that's, to me, that's like the fundamental difference. We're not in this to, to, to glorify Action Radio, get a bunch of ratings or anything like that. I seriously want to join his campaign because I think he's the best thing for this country right now. Um, and I think that uh, he'd be the most appreciative of a, night, of a bill like an amendment to take away Congress's borrowing power. That could galvanize this country in ways that, uh, I mean, who's, who's for Congress borrowing money except Congress and the lobbyists and the special interests? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Well, and then you know they're they're cutting Not down the um, everything for for mm-hmm. the people, but they'll turn around and vote themselves raises. I mean, so you know, it's just hypocrisy at its best. That's 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 you know the raises are minor. Look at the wars they've spent fourteen. Douglas McGregor, who's been on the show, Colonel McGregor, spent says we spent about fourteen trillion dollars on Iraq, Afghanistan, and Ukraine. Fourteen trillion. Yeah. Well, I agree as far as is. 
sorry, somebody's mowing the lawn outside of our. No, I don't hear it. No, <laughs> um, you're good. Oh, you don't? Okay, good. Yeah, unless you want to ask um, him on the show. But, I mean, you could do that. No. no but to we'll, say that, we'll that the, the, the raises are, are insignificant. Yeah. No, it, mm-hmm. the amount may be insignificant, except right. for they're giving themselves raises more than most people make in a year. Yeah. Um, that it, it's not insignificant. That, and, and we're not talking about the amount. It's the fact that you have to go without, but we're going to compensate ourselves more for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's true. So it's the, atti- that it's the attitude is not the amount. Is, is, yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, makes sense. Okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll send you my bill when I write it. Uh, yeah. I'm feeling a crea- I'm feeling a creative spurt coming, and uh, usually I go hibernate for like a day and <laughs> just crank one of these things out. I think about it for, for the, the the formula is think about it for a month, crank it out in a day. So I've been thinking about this for about a month, writing down notes and things and putting ideas in my head, and then I just have to uh, figure out where and law to put it. But uh, this is going to be another big one. You know, the Compliance Cost Reimbursement yeah. Act. I think, I think that's probably the simplest way to do it. Compl- I'm going to write that down. That was good. Compliance Cost Reimbursement Act. <laughs> that's how I think. Thanks, God. Appreciate the help. I know. Compliance yeah. Cost. Okay, so I'm going to let you handle the rest of the world, and I'm going to go make my sweet baby some breakfast. Well, that sounds good. Let's get to contacts and other stuff like that and uh, my favorite saying of the week, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Well, um, if anybody get in touch with me, uh, you can get a hold of me at Wendy Arthur on Facebook or Art by Wendy Arthur on Facebook or Dimensions Ministries. And now more than ever, bow now and avoid the rush. No kidding. Thank you, Wendy. Um, appreciate the extra time. <laughs> it, was, it was really great because we, we certainly have we certainly have this morning. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. 
My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. 
please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Okay, I'm back. Uh, that was a really great chat with Wendy. And so uh, a lot of times, you know, it's most of the times I get to talk to people, yeah, I could call them up, you know, off the air. But a lot of times we, we actually just strategize right on the air. Um, so if it's really, you know, confidential stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for off the air. But for the most part, you know, things we do here are pretty open. And so the idea of, of, of uh, you know, bills that we're writing and things that we're talking about, and I've talked about that bill before, so that's, that's, not, a, that's not a, you know, a major secret. And, and because our bills aren't secret anyway, I want, people, I want people's input. So that's the thing where someone could comment. I, mean, I don't have anybody on live chat. Usually we have Marco and, and some other folks, but uh, he's not here. Uh, so no one's taking advantage of live chat right now. Uh, no one's on the Skype line. We've got a worldwide Skype line. Anybody can call in from anywhere in the world. Um, they just have to call in, a, a, you know, a day ahead so that I, or, you know, call in ahead of time so I can approve your account. Uh, and I probably check that once a week, you know, because we don't get that many uh, um, people that, that want to uh, call the show internationally, but that's going to change. Everything's going to change. Once we uh, get that, that, uh, that lucky break that uh, we've been working for, for, I've been working for, for the last you know, nine years, <laughs> you know, I'm waiting for my lucky break, get success after nine years of work. That's, that's pretty standard. Actually about 10 years is about standard. So we're, we're coming due. We're coming due for uh, whatever that breakout is we're going to get. Um, I think it's going to happen. Uh, I'd love to uh, uh, do, uh, like I said, the thing with uh, on Tucker's show, have Tucker Carlson write a bill right there, just from scratch, just write it right on the air uh, on his Twitter uh, show and then send that directly into uh, Congress. Uh, and, uh, of course, other people will pick it up. Pollsters will pick it up. It'll be, a, you know, be a, a firestorm of controversy, as they say, and we'll see what happens. But there's a lot going on. Uh, I've got guests. Like I say, I have a guest tomorrow. Let's get his name again here. Uh, he's written, you know, I, I read some of the, the, the background information. Richard uh, Vigu. It's probably, uh, could be Vigu. <laughs> V-A-G-U-E. I don't, I don't know if he wants to go by the name Vig. I'll find out tomorrow. Uh, or I'll look him up or I'll uh, listen to a video or something. I'll, I'll do a bunch of stuff before tomorrow. And his book is The Paradox of Debt, A New Path to Prosperity Without Crisis. Well, I'm wondering if my constitutional amendment is just a very simple way of, of saying what his book says. That's what I want to find out. Except that what's uh, ours is, you know, my bill is not going to be a crisis, um, but it's going to be crucial. <laughs> it's going to be a fight because Congress is going to desperately hang on to their ability to borrow money. But basically, they're, they're, that's, they have a, a psychopathic obsession with borrowing money. Money is their drug of choice. Money is their addiction. Money is their, their cause. Money is their, their whole reason for living is borrowing our money to give to other people so they can stay in office. You know, obviously a place they don't belong if that's their philosophy. So if you take away their money, if you take away their ability to borrow, uh, you take away their ability to create inflation. Well, that means the dollar becomes stable. If they don't, if they're not printing money anymore, because that's in the bill, you can't you can't print money to cover expenses. You can't borrow money. You can't create inflation. We'll actually have deflation. Well, deflation is when the money supply stays the same and the economy grows. So the dollars become worth more because the same amount of dollars with a greater wealth in the nation, greater economy means each dollar is worth more. Well, if the dollars are worth more, the prices go down, and the value of money transfers from the the government and the central banks back to people that hold those dollars. So every dollar you make is worth more. That way your purchasing power increases. You're actually getting wealth for the same amount of dollars. Well, that's a good thing. How can anybody be against that except Congress? Because they live for it. They live for destroying the economy and, and borrowing inflation and borrowing and, and creating inflation. They just don't think it's ever going to end while they are there. They think it's going to end after they're gone. It's like, what happened when I'm here? You know, I want to get mine in. It's like the last immigrant 
you know, gets to the country and, and says, uh, you know, no one, no one else. I'm here. <laughs> no one else. You know, and it's the same kind of philosophy. So I'm curious to see what happens with uh, this interview. I've got some other folks uh, in the works, uh, um, some who have been on the show already and uh, coming back. And, uh, you know, like I say, I'll mention names as, as they're definite, but uh, there's always stuff going on. I mean, the, the show is, is, is the fun part. <laughs> this is the easy part. The hard part is everything that happens between the shows. That's where the work is. And so I want to talk to this person, Richard Vague, or Vigu, <laughs> and, uh, and see, see his, uh, uh, from what I'm reading, his, his solutions are, are rather complex. And I'm thinking to myself, well, how much is a simple constitutional amendment? Would that compute into his system? That's what I'm going to find out. So I'll be talking about his book and, uh, you know, and our amendment, and, and we just sort of line them up against each other and see what happens. The next thing that's going to be interesting is Congress is coming back from a recess they never should have taken. With all the events this month, with all the revelations, with all the, uh, you know, evidence of uh, the Biden crime family on top of their steel government, um, there was no reason for Congress to take a recess for a month. You know, I tried to meet my congressman for a month and his staff wouldn't connect us. Sorry, Matt Gates staff. You, you just, you know, I called you for guys for weeks and you wouldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't make an appointment, couldn't drop in, couldn't, well, I might just drop in. <laughs> I know where his office is. It's public information, so, this is, you know, it's not a big deal. But I might just knock on the door and say, hey, here I am. Is the congressman here? Just on the chance that I might catch him. Wouldn't that be great? His, his staff's just not getting us connected and making appointments. Just do that. But I think a lot of staffs do that. They, they, they do avoid. Um, I, for example, Grover Norquist. Um, I tried to reach him for months to get him on the show to, to write an electric car tax bill or, or, you know, help us with that. And I can get past the staff. Same problem, minions. So the minions are out there. So, so a lot of activists get discouraged because, you know, you can't get past the minions and they, they only have their, their friends, their buddies, and they all talk to – it's like, so Sebastian Gork is probably the worst at this. But he only talks to his friends. Well, I talk to my friends too, but, uh, you know, I don't know all those pu- big public figures, and he does. So he very public figures. They get on the show, they complain about these things, and they call it a talk show. No, they're just complaining. That's not a talk show. They're not, they're not resolving anything. They're not solving anything. They're not, they're not offering uh, solutions pro- you know, to the problems. They're, not, they're certainly not offering legislation. I know, because I asked him if I could come on the show and uh, talk about citizen legislation. And he said, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Even though he liked the idea when I met him in person at CPAC in 2018. So, you know, minions, staff. You know, who knows how the idea was presented to him? Um, so, so staff are one of the biggest problems out there. Uh, good staff are hard to find. And so that's, you know, that, so it's always that war. So I find the show is huge. They'll be calling us, you know, and that's going to be really interesting. I'll be I'm really curious to be in that position. So uh, the listeners we have now multiplied by, you know, X number of times into the millions. Hmm. That should be really interesting. It's going to happen. It's just a question of when. So we've got this gentleman tomorrow. We've got other folks coming in. Uh, I want to get Karen Strand back talking about men's rights. Uh, there's some other folks that I would like to have back. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, so um, couple of, just another couple of announcements, and I'll get to our, uh, um, our recording of a show I did back in 2017 at WBY. So we covered Congress coming back to town. I, I don't – I talked about, a bit about that with Wendy. Uh, my contention is they're going to talk and do nothing. You know, you might as well call them the talk and do nothing party because they don't do it. Even my own congressman doesn't do anything. Uh, I mean, he's got some slight bills out there, but he doesn't. He, there is no committee on the stolen election. There is no uh, closure of the D.C. Uh, gulag so that uh, the D.C. prisoners can can be, uh, you know, let loose to prepare their defense against crimes they didn't commit. There is no uh, closure of, of Brandon's illegal gun. There is no ban of funds going to Ukraine. In fact, the, the Democrat Party should be forced to repay the Treasury. You know, that'd be interesting. <laughs> well, that wants to cause the problem. You know, there should be reparations for the Brandon insurrection. 
You know, and I'm not, I'm not sure where that should go. But there's a lot of things. I, I, I got a whole article on this. Go to gregpenglis.substack.com. I've got a whole article on things that uh, reasons I won't vote for the Republican Party unless, you know, one of the ones is to sponsor our bill to stop Congress borrowing money. Now, that's not going to happen. So probably not going to be voting for any Republicans this, uh, this next year. We'll see. Still voting for Trump, though. I'm wondering if he'll get to the point where he goes and runs independently. I mean, how much Republican opposition to their own nominee would they have before he would say, uh, you know what? I think I'll, uh, I think I'll, I hope he doesn't go independent um, because the structure is, to, is a two-party system. Um, but you got enough goobers running against him. I'm not sure what's going to happen. So that, and uh, let me just announce one more thing, our Labor Day special. So every year, every year we do a Labor Day special here at Action Radio. We're live. I'll be live Monday. I know Monday's Labor Day, but we'll be live. And what we talk about are all things about labor history that nobody else talks about. You know, the, uh, the creation of the eight-hour day, um, the, the Pinkerton, you know, ex-World War I Army soldiers that would shoot strikers online, the creation of the Teamsters, creation of the AFL-CIO, uh, the reason we have worker safety and contracts and collective bargaining. You know, if, if, if employers can bargain collectively, in other words, it doesn't matter which manager you go to, you're, you're, you're negotiating with the entire company, right? So why, is, why should you as an individual have to, uh, you know, uh, reach an agreement with an entire corporation? So why shouldn't you have representation? And that's what unions do. Unions represent and say, okay, look, we're going to collect bargain. So we're going to bargain, you know, just as uh, the company bargains on behalf of the manager that you're talking to, you know, the, uh, the union bargain on behalf of you, the employee, uh, with the company. That only makes sense. And that's very American. You know, equal representation. Nothing wrong with it. Freedom of association, equal representation, you know, bargaining uh, collectively to reach a, a common understanding and have a contract. That is free market. Uh, I don't like the word capitalism. That, that, that's the free market at its best. Nothing wrong with unions. The problem comes in when you have government unions. That's what the problem is because then you have politicians who want votes and they're willing to spend our tax dollars on unions to get their votes. They're not spending their money, so they're spending our money for their benefit. See, that's wrong. Okay, that's why I don't believe in government unions. Anyway, so let's uh, let's see what happens on Labor Day. We're going to talk about company towns, child labor. Uh, exploitation, uh, illegal aliens flooding the job market, ways that um, illegals, you know, totally change the market, suppression of workers, you know, the, the government, everything from government debt, interest, credit cards, the whole bit. It's going to be interesting. So we'll be live. Anybody wants to join us for that day, feel free. Because y'all don't work. You know, you're all going to be on holidays. So you might as well listen to the show, call the show, catch it live, and let's see what happens. Anyway, that's my Labor Day special. Okay. Now let's get to, at 8.42, make a little to myself here, 8.42. WEBY. So WEBY was this incredible station. Uh, it's the reason I moved here from California to Florida, to Milton, Florida, was this little station, you know, Northwest Florida's News and Talk Later. It was an independent station uh, owned by Mike Bates, who I never met before I took the job, actually, you know, uh, who uh, after uh, calling the station and, and doing shows and things as a caller, um, calls me up one day and says, hey, you want to uh, be the morning host? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> when? Two weeks. Okay, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, uh, what was interesting about that is it was only four months after open heart surgery. So here I am loading a U-Haul, which took me two days, driving across the country with a friend of mine who said, I'm not letting you drive across the country by yourself four months after open heart surgery. You know, I don't care what, take a job in a stranger. Yeah, okay, fine. So anyway, so I got here, started WBY, uh, gained an amazing amount of weight, a uh, horrible amount. Uh, I've lost most of it. I'm pretty good shape right now. Anyway, so these are recordings that would never be heard otherwise. And so since I'm the one that made them, you know, I'm playing them here. And so this is Action Radio, which is, you know, my 
trademark, my, my company, my, uh, my creation. And so uh, I had no problems playing uh, these, uh, these interviews and things from this other station uh, because that station doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it doesn't. It's now some sports, Fox, repeat. It's basically a rating station. It's kind of boring, actually. It's a per- perfectly good independent voice, and uh, another company bought it and, uh, you know, destroyed it. Uh, but that was, a, I mean, they could do that. They bought it. You know, it's, it's their company to do with as they will. And, and I just think what they did with it was uh, not probably the, you know, the best use. It would be, be nice if they could have uh, kept it going and, and even had the compet- competitors because we'd have a huge national show right now. Anyway, um, so nothing against them. They did what uh, they're entitled to do. I just, you know, wish they hadn't, obviously. All right. So let's get back to Confederate statues. So there was a problem in this country when uh, people were taking our history. You know, Confederate statues, Confederate flags. When the Confederate flags came down, I got a couple just to make sure that they would be preserved, uh, at least for me. And so uh, it, it's, it's very interesting, you know, the, the whole symbol. It's a symbol of, it's actually the battle, the, the Stars and Bars is the battle flag of the Confederate Army. Uh, it was not a flag of, of segregation or the Confederacy, it's a battle flag. Now, I'm not an expert on this, so I might be wrong. If anybody wants to correct me, feel free. Um, but um, it's interesting that it's complex. You know, there were black soldiers fighting for the Confederacy against the North because they didn't want uh, their homes and their property destroyed by the Northern Army. You know, so it's, it's a complex issue. It's an economic issue, tax issue. It's, a, it's certainly a slavery issue. Um, but the Confederates were Democrats. That was the Democrat Party formed the Confederacy. So it really was a, a war between the Democrats and the Republicans under Lincoln. Lincoln, the Republican Party was created to free slaves. The Democrat Party created the Confederacy to preserve slaves. So anybody that thinks the Democrat Party isn't the party of slavery or segregation has no idea what they're talking about. The Ku Klux Klan was a creation of the Democrat Party. And I have Democrat socialists on the show, and we talk about things like this. But uh, history is history. So what I found out from one of my callers, uh, you'll hear him, Scott Miller, uh, about mid, uh, midway through this interview. Uh, it's fascinating. He talked about the fact that the Civil War was 1860. Most of the Civil War statues went up about 1900, 1910. So most of the Civil War soldiers were still alive. They were in their 70s because um, the average, I think the age was like 25 of a Civil War soldier. It's 19 in Vietnam, by the way. That's kind of interesting. So we actually had younger soldiers in Vietnam than the Civil War. But um, a lot of folks, you know, knew people that fought. And so those were memorials to the people that fought. It was not a celebration of slavery, which is what the left wants you to believe. It simply wasn't true. And so just for preserving history, I like preserving history and pre- preserving language. That's why I preserve the, the meaning of, of marriage. Marriage means a man and a woman, you know, sanctioned by God, licensed by the state in a contract. That's what marriage is. Marriage is not a fluid definition of whatever you want it to be because you need consistency. Consistency, we need consistency when we have to correct all the books and all the historical records that Joe Biden was never president. He never won the 2020 election. We all know that. Democrats know it especially because they stole the election. They, it takes a long time to, to prepare and steal an election. So they, are, they knew years, you know, years before they put Biden up that he couldn't beat Donald Trump. But they wanted him anyway because he'll say and do anything because he's totally corrupt. Anyway, so preserving our history, I think, is, is key. And you, know, you, preserve, you don't preserve just a good history. You don't preserve when, where everything went right. You know, you got to talk about all history because that's, that's, that's the basis of where you are now. And it's really quite fascinating. So it's about 43 minutes. It's an interesting time. So this was actually originally, it was made uh, August 22nd. So it's almost uh, uh, six years ago, you know, uh, like six years ago in a week, <laughs> you know, ago that I made this. And there was a, um, a Confederate statue memorial in Pensacola. 
And the city council, I think, was voting to or deciding whether to vote to take it down or not. They eventually did take it down. They voted to take it down, and it was removed. So there's just a pillar there for I don't know why. I'm not even sure where the statue is. It would be nice if it was put back. Anyway, so a bunch of us demonstrated for keeping the Confederate statue, uh, and a bunch of folks demonstrated against it, you know, calling everybody who demonstrated for it a racist. But that's not what it was all about. You know, it's much more, history is much more complicated than that. And the younger folks who were demonstrating to take it down had no idea what they were doing, what they were talking about, no sense of history, no sense of, of knowing the value of preserving something that was done in the early 1900s by people that actually knew people who were fighting in the Civil War in the 1800s. So let me play it. So any reference to you here to WEBY or phone number 636 or whatever it was, none of that stuff is, is, is real. And this is back then from August 22nd of 2017. So let's go with this. It's just an interview with a caller. Uh, it's all callers uh, pretty much all the way through. So you might have to turn up the volume a little tiny bit on the callers. And then mine, of course, because I have a microphone, you know, I have that beautiful studio sound. Sounds a little bit better. All right, 848 here, uh, Central Standard Time. Central, excuse me, Central Daylight Time. Central Time. <laughs> it's, uh, 848 Central Time. And this is an original recording um, of the Confederate statue controversy in Pensacola, Florida, on August 22nd of 2017. Uh, oh, I got to put the volume down. I almost forgot to do that. Let's roll it. Oh, yeah. Do mind me just choking on a cliff bar here. <laughs> that was breakfast. Actually, lunch, actually. 806 in the morning, time for a little action radio. And so what I love is people taking action on their own. And we have just such a person right now. So we're going to go to Thomas Olson. And Thomas Olson is holding a rally uh, at the Confederate uh, Memorial Statue in Pensacola this Saturday. So, Thomas, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Pretty good, and you? I am well. So I want to hear all about the rally, and I've got a ton of questions for you. But why don't you just kind of give us a, uh, the story about how this came about, how you got the idea, what you're trying to accomplish, all that kind of stuff. And we'll, we'll uh, get to more questions after that. Okay. Um, you know, basically it's uh, this Saturday, 26th of August, and it's starting at 9 a.m. Um, what we want to accomplish with this is to prevent the removal of this historic monument from that site. We see it all over the country, people, the left, mostly, wanting to get these monuments removed. And it's all about history. There is no race involved in it. It's trying to protect our southern heritage, our southern family heritage. I mean, I had family fight for the Confederacy um, during the Civil War. And that's part of my heritage. Yeah, fascinating. In fact, I'm just learning because uh, I'm fairly new to this area. But there's a lot of families around this area that have um, that are descendants of people who fought uh, in the war. And a lot of people don't realize that you fought basically to keep the North from invading. I mean, the North was. I don't know if the North got down this far. I think they did. But do you know, like personal family history? Do you know how uh, you know how close to your homes and things the the, the Union Army got? Um, they got they got pretty close. Um. I mean, like, like you said, it was, the war was mostly to prevent northern, northern aggression. They were taxing the South heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, northern aggression, the North ended up um, 
lost my train of thought. But That's okay. That. You, have, you, have you done much radio before? Or you kind of knew at this. Um, I'm kind of new at radio. And you know, I tell you what, take a deep breath. It's easy. You're talking to me, and uh, I just I just want to get some more information on the rally because you know you're talking to a lot of folks right now, which is good. So hopefully this will increase your turnout and make it more successful for you. Yes, sir. Which is why I had you on. So do you have speakers coming? What's what's the program? Do you have a program lined up? What you got? Um. Well, I uh. I, I had planned to I'm speaking of course. Okay. Um and I have, I have a couple of other people that are coming with me that uh wanna say a few words. Um and just past that it's whoever wants to come up and say something. Okay. I mean it's it's kind of an open forum type of thing. Well that's a good idea. I went to a, a tea party rally years ago and they had it basically opened up the same way. And if you had something to say you could do that. Uh, are you I guess I don't know if you've been screening people ahead of time. How but is it basically because you might have opposition people want to speak as well. Oh yeah, we uh we've actually received a lot of reports on account of protests being planned. Okay. Um and we've also received reports that Mayor Hayward has actually contacted the chief of Pensacola Police Department right. and um, has requested a heavy police presence. Oh, this is this this could be. Have you have you alerted the media to, to this, or do they already know? Um, I'm not sure if the media knows yet. I just found out about this like late last night. Okay. Um, so it's kind of new information. Yeah. Now, Pensacola News Journal interviewed you, and I, I went over their story with you a little bit earlier. Um, just out of curiosity, how accurate was it? Um, it was, it was decently accurate. Okay. Um, there, there was, there was some flaws in it. Yeah. Like, like for instance, what, what didn't they say that we need to know? Um, I don't have the, I don't have the article pulled up right in front of me. I but, do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not at a computer right now. I'm on my phone. Oh, no problem. But, uh, but, um, for instance, like there's, I, I, I answered a lot of questions, uh-huh. and in the article itself, right. they only put in like two or three of my answers, and I answered almost almost 20 questions. Do you remember some of those questions they didn't answer, and if you want to answer those now? Uh, I'd be curious what they asked and what you said. Um, I can't remember them right offhand, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Um well, I'm sort of testing their journalism out because this is, this is you know, a, a lot of what I go over on my show is, is the things that aren't being talked about, like the rally in, uh, excuse me, the, the, the global bankers all meeting in Jackson Hole where uh, it's being talked about that it's a meeting, but no one's saying what they're talking about except for inflation. They want to increase inflation to increase all our prices. And so it's the story behind the story. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just doing a little test right now to see what, uh, what they're saying and what you're saying. So what information do you just want to get out then about the rally? What, uh, let's, let's go over that then. Um, well, first of all, we want it to be peaceful. Okay. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, we do we do realize that there have been some counter protesters from people planning counter protests mm-hmm. wanting that have actually stated that they will incite violence. You, you actually um, have threats of that? Do you, have you reported that yeah. to the police? Uh, we have had threats of that. I haven't had a chance to report that to the police. I've recorded names. Um, photos and all that, so yeah. I can turn it into the police if need be. Um, uh, oh, I would do that. Uh, if you if you oh, get yeah. if you have threats of violence, and 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 you have names, and I don't want those names now. I don't want the you know the actual threats. You need to go to the police with that. Okay, you oh, need yeah. you need to let them know they need to be to be forearmed to be able to take care of this because the, we don't want another Charlottesville here, and we do want you to be able to express 
you know, your opinion and be able to hold a peaceful rally. That's that's what this country is all about. But what oh, we yeah. don't want is, is it being turned into now. There are reports of people being bust in. Uh, that it was organized, that the opposition was organized in Charlottesville, that the police were told to stand down. That Have you heard anything like that as far as your rally? Any, any people being bust in or the other police under any kind of orders? Uh, and the police are free to call my show, too. Let me know. I mean, I'm, I mean call anonymously. Be anonymous. Be Officer X. I don't care. But uh, I'd like to know what's going on. And have you heard anything from the police? Um, I haven't heard anything from the police, no. But um we haven't heard about anything about anybody being busted in. Okay. Um, as far as we know, all the kind of protesters are local at this point. Okay. Um, and that's that's as much as we know right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Because you mentioned, you know, discouraging the KKK and other neo-Nazi groups. And I have contended for a long time, these are leftists. And people assume they're trying to link the KKK to conservatives when it's really a terrorist offshoot of the Democrat Party. Uh, and Nazis are national socialists. They're leftists. So basically we have a violent left in this country that's not being addressed. Is that something that you talk about at all? Um, well, like I said, we're, um, like I said in the article, we're completely discouraging any white supremacist groups from showing up. Okay. Because usually, usually when they show up, um, it's, it doesn't exactly look good on the cause itself. So you get these counter-protesters who are more likely to turn violent to, right. draw, to drive them away, yeah. like we saw in uh, you know, Charlottesville. Hmm. Do you know, see, I don't even know if we have you know, groups like that here. Have, have, have you seen white supremacist groups, uh, Nazi groups show themselves, and other leftist extremists, have they shown themselves in the area at any particular time? No, they haven't. Okay. All right. not, so not well, that's a good thing. All right. So let's see what happens. But uh, we definitely want a peaceful rally. Um, in fact, you may want your friends, everybody there, to to bring their 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 phones and and record as much as you can. Record things in the crowd. Document and say this is what we plan to do. These are our folks, and you know we're going to be peaceful and uh, you know get to get get a good you know working relationship going with the police. Have you have they requested you get a permit at all for this? Um, no, we haven't had a permit. I was told by a parks and recreation that I didn't need one. Okay, well, that's good. Okay, so that's all set. I'm trying to think of anything else we need to cover. Now, what I want to do at some point down the road a little bit, and you might be able to help me out, is hold a teach-in. And this would be a little bit more involved with speakers, with tables, with workshops, with descriptions of the Confederacy, the Confederate Constitution, things that you talked about, the tax issue as to why the Confederacy separated and wanted to... Uh, to secede and all these things that never get talked about as it gets lost in, in racism and slavery, which is a huge issue, but it's not the only issue. And I think people tend to miss that. Okay. Do you have some contact information? Do you have a website? Do you have a, a public phone number? Do you have any information that uh, people can have to help, uh, help you and get in touch with you? Um, well, you, you, you already know my Facebook account. That's, that's the best way for people to get in touch with me. Okay. That's um, how I found you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, don't give yeah. out a private phone number and don't give out, you know, uh, like a private email. But if you have a public, like I say, if you have a website or something like that, or just your Facebook page, you know, people want to go to that. That's okay then? Yeah, yeah just my Facebook page. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, no, sir. Think we've covered it? Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. Well, good. I think then I'll see if I can uh, meet you there at uh, 9 o'clock on Saturday. And let's give the address one more time. It's 9 o'clock this Saturday at Lee Square, 602 North Palafox Street. Thomas Olson's going to be uh, holding a rally in favor of keeping the Confederate Memorial. Sound good? Yes, sir. All right. You take care. Have a good rally, and hope it's all peaceful. 
You too. All right. Thanks very much. That's uh, Thomas Olson, who is the one who is hosting the rally. And we have a bunch of calls coming in. We're going to take a little break right now. So, Corey, just hang on the line. I'll get to you uh, as soon as we come back from the break on 1330 WEBY Action Radio. Oh, yeah. Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. I'll be- I'm going to ask you to hang on just a little bit longer. I got uh, Scott uh, Miller uh, on the line here. I want to see what the latest update is. Hey, Scott, why don't you go ahead? Hey, buddy, how you doing? That's a, that was a good call there. Yeah, thank you. Well, we just got in contact last night, but that's Action Radio. I mean, we move fast here now. <laughs> um, you know, the one thing that I want to say, I want to say before we uh, before we get too deep into anything is is that I that you know I know that the that someone at the city told him he didn't need a permit. Uh huh. Um, um, but my experience with these sorts of things is if there's any potential for anything to go south, right. like there, like there is in this, he's better off to get a permit Okay. because, and, and not that anyone at the city would be misleading him or trying to misdirect him or, or I'm not you know, insinuating any kind of conspiracy. But if you're the guy holding the permit and someone is over there causing a problem, they're the guy that's going to get told to leave. Yeah. Yeah, so, and this is so the potential the here. Wise, the wise thing to do is to get the permit whether you need it or not. Okay. And, the, and, and then go from there. Yeah, I'll tell Thomas. I'll get in touch with him after the show. But uh, that was my concern, too. Uh, and the potential for this is, is huge. Like I say, if people get busted in, if they hear about it, you know, Pensacola News Journal is, is Gannett. I mean, this is national news, or it could right. be. Well, and, and that's, that, that's the thing. This could turn out to be a, a huge thing. Or it could turn out to be nothing, but you have to prepare. Yep. You know, you know, prepare for the worst. Yeah. You know. Huh. But, but anyway, yeah, that that's just you know my experience, uh, and and trust me, I've been around a ton of controversial stuff in my life. Oh, me too. I live uh, for it. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, so you know, in my experience of organizing things, you know, if if you're the guy that's got the permit, right? You know, you know, those other guys can show up, and at the end of the day, if it if it becomes a confrontation. You know, if, you know, cops, and, and, and rightly so, you know, they just want to separate combatants. Yeah. But if, but if, if the, the discussion is you have two people meeting in the park and they get into a altercation for whatever reason, the cop just tells them both to leave. Yeah. You know, if, uh, but if one guy is there having an event and he's supposed to be there, then it's the other guy that's, getting, that's going to get tossed out. Well, that makes sense. And we're already public with the rally on this one. Um, do we have a history of, of leftist white supremacists or, or leftist Nazis? They're all leftists to me. Um, in the city? Um, not, in the, not, not so much in the city. You know, the thing about, the, uh, about Nazism, as I see it, is basically you, you take all of the liberal principles in the world, right. and then you, then you just add a, add a, uh, um, a racial preference. Yeah. That's the only difference. Yeah. Uh, the only way the only way for socialism to you know to be enacted on any broad scale is to include a, an authoritarian component of the government where the government you know, basically uh, where the where the government uh, has the power to uh, to enforce the enforce their rules and if you don't have that then you go, then there's nothing they can do anyway yeah the problem is is once they have the power it immediately starts going going south. 
Well, this is the problem I've always had. This is why I keep you know, hammering this point that these are leftists. They always have this totalitarian component. They want, you know, if you're a white supremacist, you want you know, anybody that you don't want in the country either massively deported, in other words, African-Americans and Jewish-Americans, or you want like another Holocaust. You know, I mean, this is, this is where they go with this. That can't be right-wing because conservatives want limited government and individual rights. And if you can't see that, then this whole big lie gets transferred to people. And then you have reporters saying, well, are you Republicans going to disavow you know, the white supremacists? And we're like, we have nothing to do with those people. Those are left-wing totalitarians. Why are you even asking us? And that big lie keeps getting perpetuated all the time. And I'm trying to fight it as much as possible. You, you, you remember when uh, Trump first started running and they were, ta- and they were describing the Trump uh, supporters as brown shirts, right? Yeah. All right. Tell me, uh, tell me who in the whole scheme of all these media reports sound the most like a Rosemar who, who are not an official component of any organization but dress similarly and cause trouble. Yeah. I know. Who. I mean, it's, it's, I mean that's, the, that's what the brown shirts were. They, they were not a government agency. Nope. They were not a party apparatus. They were just supporters. Yeah. And if that's not Antifa, I don't know what is. Oh, it is Antifa. And it's, it's the projection of Antifa is that they are saying that they are not. We're the ones fighting fascism, but they are the fascists. I don't know if you saw my, if you saw my post earlier. You know, I said if you, if you go to a right-wing rally, you're going to have people chanting things like, limited government keeps us free, limited government for you and me. <laughs> Did you see that post? I got another one here for you. Join the fight. Constitutional rights. Or my other one. Here's here's another right-wing chant. Are you ready for this one? Article 1, Section 8. Keep the government inside the gate. (laughs) And my favorite one I came up with was, uh, don't let the government give you the screw. Get rid of judicial review. So those are right-wing chants, okay? And that's not what you see the left-wing rally. So if, if people are advocating right-wing things, that's what they're advocating. And this is why I'm so mad that this gets confused all the time. Well, well it, it, they're not confused. They're, they're deliberately obfuscating. Yeah, but I people mean, are confused. Well, they're, and, and they're confusing the people. But, but the, the people spinning the narrative are doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, you know, they, one, of the, one of the left, uh, one of uh, Stalinist's techniques is to accuse your opponent mm-hmm. of your greatest weakness. Ooh, that makes perfect sense. Because what they're doing is they're accusing, they're making up a false accusation and then asking people to defend themselves against that false accusation. Right, but, it, but, it's, but it's an accusation that applies to them. Yeah, exactly. So, huh. uh, so, so we're not talking about that as it applies to me. We're only talking about it by, to you, and you must be the guilty person of, that, uh, of this. Right heinous activity because we brought it up first. Yep, because they, the, they made the accusation, therefore that accusation must be true, which is nonsense. I hope it goes well this weekend, Rally. Uh, I'm going to see if I can be there, but uh, it's crazy. Oh, hey, oh, sorry, go I'm, ahead. I'm definitely going to be there. I'm oh. definitely going to be there. Okay. Now, your historical preservation group, I know you're working with the, the Bayview Cross. Anything happening with, uh, with this memorial? Well, um, we're, we're talking about that. I mean, honestly, we're kind of taking a wait and see because the problem with this is a is a political problem, okay. and it's not it's not a legal problem. You know, with the uh, with the uh, preservation society, and I'm just one one member of it. So, right. I mean, there there are a number of members that have, have different views of it. Okay. In my view, uh, you know, the, you know, we're solving a legal problem with the organization. Okay. This isn't a legal problem. There's no one challenging the legality of of that memorial being there oh, it's just yeah it, I see. It, it, it's, it's the politics of it the politics is a, is a different thing in my view they shouldn't be focusing on tearing down any monument 
if they have a problem, let's just counterpoint it and add another monument that maybe adds context to it, like we, like we, you and I talked about before. Oh yeah. Add a Lincoln, add a Lincoln memorial. Sure. If you don't like the way Lee is, add a Lincoln memorial, and you can have show both points of view. Oh, my thing was add a Martin Luther King uh, memorial and say this is where we were, this is where we got to, and then you have it like an empty plaque and you say this is where we want to go. You know, I mean, yeah. you, can, you can make this a whole teaching thing. Um, go ahead. The, yeah, the, 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 it, only the left. The, the, it's a solution of the left to tear down someone else. Oh yeah, first so, the statue, first the statues, then the books, then the people. That's how it goes. Well, you, you notice that Antifa now is is lobbying to get Catholic statues taken down too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Christopher Columbus was a target. But uh, yeah. did you see the petition? Uh, they've already got the hundred thousand signatures to have the White House uh, try and list them as a terrorist organization. <laughs> That's kind of cool. One more question. What would you think of St. John's Cemetery? They've offered to take um, the Confederate Memorial, and they want to have kind of a museum there at the cemetery. I'm not familiar with St. John's. Well, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm, not in, I'm not totally uh, against it. You know, it's, it's not an, uh, so not, but it's, it's one of those things of why. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's a ridiculous thing to begin with. Yeah. That, you know, that, that they'd want to do it, and, and, it, uh, you know, it, it really is the slippery slope. Once you go down that way and mm -hmm. you enable them to do to do that a little bit, then all they want is a little bit of a precedent so they can say, okay, well, now we can just do this. Well, why, why is it the place that we can display them down here in this warehouse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And why are we knuckling under these fads? I mean, it, you know, it, it's like the, you can even go back to gay marriage. It was just all of a sudden we have to do this right now. And why should we change world history for a popular fad? Why should we change all our monuments in this case or any case just because a bunch of people right now are making a lot of noise? That way they get anything they want. They're like spoiled children. You're catering to spoiled children. And when you do that, you get more spoiled children. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the thing that everyone keeps, keeps forgetting in this whole uh, – in the whole – scheme of things is mm -hmm. that when these when most of these monuments were put up yeah. the uh, the people who were the you know, the average age of a combat soldier in the civil war was 25 mm -hmm. all right by 1910 most of those the average age of those people was in their 70s yeah so basically what we were really doing was putting up a memorial not to racism but to how bravely grandpa fought in the war yeah all right and, and that's the real that's the real thing that people are, were so disconnected. And 1910 was uh, was 100 and 107 years ago, so people aren't really connected to the thinking back then. Well, I mean, was there racism back then? Sure, there was, but it was like it, it was such a pervasive thing. People weren't thinking about how you know what they had to do to support it. It was just a thing, you know. The the mon they didn't put up monuments to support racism or racist racist institutions. They literally put them up to support Granddad. Yeah, was it you that posted it? Because I know I found it somewhere that there was a, a 50th and 100th anniversary uh, of the yeah. soldiers, and they they got together. It was 50th and 75th. I'm sorry, uh, and they got together and they shook hands and they all met and uh, they had yeah. uh, they had a lot of things to talk about because they they fought the war together. And this happens a lot of times. But if they could resolve their differences, why can't people today resolve our differences who weren't even there? We we have we have meetings right now. For World War Two, where yeah. participants on belligerents on both sides yeah. get together and meet and talk about it, uh, you know, especially out in the Pacific Ocean. Oh yeah. Well, have you been to the uh, the Arizona Memorial in on Oahu? You know, last time I was in Hawaii, I was two. 
<laughs> okay, you don't have to tell that story. But I was there, and w- what I found interesting was the amount of Japanese tourists who were there. And everybody's talking. We're all talking to each other. We're going over this because, you know, people aren't responsible for their government's history all the time, especially if you weren't born when it happened. You're not responsible. And so people, Americans, talking to Japanese, we're sort of going over this, and here's the memorial. We're standing over this battleship. It, it's an incredible place to be. Indeed. Indeed. And, and, and it's appropriate. It's perfectly appropriate. Yeah. Interesting. So. Um, I think I've covered everything. Um, yeah, so but keep me informed of the history. Oh, my teaching. Do you want to help me with a teaching? We'll see if we can get some good speakers and do a real uh, display at that memorial at some point. Well, we can talk about it. I mean, I'll, uh, you know, we'll have to see what, see what we can come up with. Yeah, yeah, it's an idea in the works. Anyway, um, let's take a break. Thank you, Scott, for calling in. Appreciate your time. Alright, buddy, thanks a lot. Alright, Scott Miller is our host Thursdays on uh, on your turn. So we're gonna let him go. We're gonna take a break. We've got another caller coming in. And Corey, um, who called earlier. I'm sorry I couldn't get you right away. I wanted to get to Scott, um, one of our hosts here. But uh, if you you're welcome to call back. And I will I will and when you call back I will I will get you up there. We're gonna take a break right now. We've got Pete waiting on the line and we'll get to him in just a little bit on thirteen thirty W E B Y Northwest Florida's talk radio. relationship show we up like something like this <laughs> i guess we know that that way time soon let's get to pete uh pete my apologies yesterday for for leaving you so little time uh, i have a problem with numbers <laughs> so i discovered i don't i don't read uh, clocks as well as i should and it's just it's, it's a learning thing hey, I, well, uh, well hard breaks are hard break you know i know but i just i don't i see the numbers and they don't make sense to me every time yeah so that's why we're a regular watch with you know hands and circles i'm a visual person i can't i can't do digital which go. is why i can't play piano i play guitar because guitars are always in chords and the chords are in shapes and i can do shapes i can't do uh do uh linear anyway and, and there are only six strings too unless it's a 12 string you know and two of those strings are the same note <laughs> that's true that's true hey i had a tenor guitar one time that was fun you know gibson tenor anyway there yeah, you go, go. I gave a website out yesterday. I don't know if anybody heard it. Can I give it out again? Uh, depends on what. What's oh, it on? Oh, it's a good one. It's, it's 1-800-MY-DIXIE. That's the Sons of Confederate Veterans. That's it's right. a historical group. You can call it, get all kind of information. Uh, once a month, they meet in Pensacola here at Franco's, uh, Italian little lounge, uh, a little restaurant there. And it's a meeting. They have guest speakers. And uh, this last speaker was a very prominent attorney, Tommy Ratchford. And uh, in Pensacola, very good attorney. Yeah, well, I want to do teaching. I'm going to talk to Scott about that. I was just talking to him on the air. Oh, yeah, uh, that would be great because really yeah. what all this is about, it's facts versus feelings. Did you know that uh, NPR, I think yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. that's the national propaganda radio, isn't it, NPR? Well, I, yeah, national socialist radio, I yeah, call them. But the same idea, yeah. They, they, did a, uh, they did a survey with millennials, 19 so, uh, I mean, uh, I think 18 or 19 mm-hmm. to 29, mm-hmm. and they said, uh, do you want the statues to stay up? All statues, all plaques, all monuments, all parks, everything. 60% of the millennials said yes, keep them. Oh, that's keep good. Them. 30% yeah. said they're evil, and the other whatever percent didn't know, didn't have an opinion. You know, That's weird. That's millennials. So then they asked the demographics. Somebody asked the question, well, what? What was the uh, the nationality or the race of the people? Regular demographics, 85 Caucasian, 15 Negro, you know? 
So it's, well, that's regular in some places. Not regular where I was in San Francisco. Everybody's yeah. a minority there. No, I understand. <laughs> and Chicago too, you know. Yeah. You, you know places like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you mentioned did Pensacola see any action? Yeah, uh, Pensacola, the fort saw action. Fort Morgan, Alabama saw action during the Civil War. Okay. Cannonballs from the Battle of Mobile Bay. Huh. There were Yankees over here, you know, okay. doing stuff, doing bad stuff to true Americans. Yeah, and this is something I, I want to make the point yesterday that people in the North, uh, the North was never, most of it wasn't affected by the Civil War, other than the people they lost, uh, you know. But but I mean, there weren't Northern cities that were sacked like Atlanta. I mean, is there anything comparable to that? No, because the, the Confederacy did not do that. They didn't loot and pillage like you know, like Sherman did, and 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 and, and places like that. They did. Right. They they got what they wanted and. And uh, they would go into town, and they would get groceries and stuff. I'm not saying they were saints, mm-hmm. but they just didn't loot and pillage. They had a cause. The funny thing also, I don't know if you know or not, Mr. Gregg, but uh, the North had uh, segregated units. The North did not let the Negro soldier get anywhere near the, the Caucasian soldiers, but the South, black and white, fought together. They ate together. They paid, got paid together. Oh, that's they died together. Some were slaves. Some were freed. Some were there with their masters, some with their friends, because not all every black person in the South was a slave. Yeah, you know there were teachers and and you know, you know just businessmen and stuff. A lot of prominent. There were uh, Southern slave owners. Marshall brought that up before. Yeah, at one time in Mississippi, it was an equal amount. Even Denesta Souza in some of his DVDs names them and tells the people. What, so so African-American slave owners and, and, and Caucasian slave owners, is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. Hey, yeah. you remember the Amistad? You remember the ship, that the slave ship that uh, came over, and it was a big deal, and uh, uh, ex-president Adam was the attorney and represented the people and said, yeah, they had no right, they took the ship over. Uh-huh. You know, you've heard of Amistad, haven't you? I have, but it's been a while. Okay, yeah, anyway, the guy, I think his name was Quimby, the, the African, and, and it wasn't in America anyway. It was in, like, Haiti where they landed, but... He, he's the one that did the revolt and, and took everybody to court, and they said, we'll represent you. He was a slave owner once he was freed, and our taxpaying dollars sent him back to Africa, started gathering slaves up until the 1900s. Well, there's still slaves in Africa. I mean, there's Africa. More now, made... they said, supposedly. Yeah, I mean, this is something that's gone on for, for a long time. And again, I pointed out things like the company towns, you know, where people were, were basically slaves, but they were in debt. Yeah. You know, and another thing, too, you know, everybody talks about something I thought of this morning, child labor laws. I mean, it's horrible to exploit children and have them working. But you want to talk about an industry that totally got an exemption from child labor laws. It's the newspapers. Okay. So all your newspapers delivered. So why don't we shut down the New York Times and the Washington Post well, what do you mean, as people like, who like, lobbied for, for, child, for child labor? Like paper boys? Yeah. Oh, all the paper boys I know are grown up. With, yeah, with, I know. With station wagons, and they make big bucks. I know, but what I, I'm saying was, and I, I, you know, I know lots of folks that were paper boys and things, I, but basically, yeah. but think about this: they got an exemption to the child labor laws. Why oh, do we, yeah. why do we put up with newspapers well, that, getting that exemption? Well, that's why the Confederacy was so mad at the North because they had child children working in their factories, and yep. they're saying, "Wait a minute, you're telling us how to run our business, mm-hmm. but you have kids seven, eight, nine, ten working in, you know, twelve hours a day in your factory." Oh, longer than that. Different. 
That's different, you know. Yeah, and the lifespan. We did not know, but H-E double hockey sticks know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to try my best to be there. Okay. And uh, like I said, like I did the very first time I met you, didn't I hand you a Confederate flag? You, I, I still got it. I, I, so I'm going to be passing Confederate battle flags out. I might uh, I might put that on my backpack. I'll see if I can be there, too. Yeah, <laughs> Another four in the morning wake up. <laughs> well, I, I like it, you know. And yeah. like I said, I'm, I'm passionate. Some people have Bama. Some people have Gator. Some people have veterans. I have veteran flags, too, POW. Yeah. I have American flags. I give people a choice when I go places. Okay. Every battle flag gets given out. There you go. You, you know? need a Gadsden flag, too. i got to go. i got to call us. Thanks rant. All right. Thanks, Pete. Here we go. Let's uh, that opens up another line, so you can call us at 623-1330, area code 850-623-1330. Let's get to Marshall. Hey, Marshall. You're How on you the doing, air. Sir? Good morning. How are you? Just right. All right. So what's on your mind? Um. Before we get to the statues in the Confederacy, um, the caller called in yesterday about having to adjust his sight for the movement of the earth. I knew you were going to call back on that. <laughs> well, uh, okay. well you, uh, just don't take too long on that because we've got, we got a lot of other things to talk about today. I know. I know. Look, there are doctorate uh, astronomers Matter of fact, you ought to get the geocentristic vibe. Marshall, I think is, you. Here's the thing. I think you're completely wrong. I don't see this at all. I don't see that the that the the mass of the Earth as a central point uh, has the universe revolving around it. That makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Well, I know you believe I, it. I, I respect your belief, but I don't think you're correct. Okay, this, but it ain't. What I'm trying to tell you is, it ain't just me. There are astronomers, doctorate astronomers, that believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there's Albert so Einstein, who who would disagree with you. <laughs> Albert Einstein was involved in the. He tried to prove that there was other in outer space, the antimatter, or whatever you want to call it. They know it's not a vacuum. Let's get back to the because monument. They, <laughs> okay, because they couldn't measure it. Right. Because they went on the assumption that the Earth was moving. So because they couldn't measure it, they said it didn't exist. Okay. But the, but the Earth is round, though. You, you'll grant us that, right? What? The Earth is definitely round, though, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. I, want to, I just want to know where the line is. I, no, I'm, I'm going to tease flat, you a little bit flat, about this, but I shouldn't because it's just not a fair. Flat, a flat Earther is to make geocentricity look stupid. Yeah, that's true. Tell me about the monument. Okay, the reason why you have people from World War One and World War Two can get along Mm-hmm. And the reason you can't settle this now is because neither side has ever surrendered. The the blacks that feel like they've been jilted because of slavery and stuff still want something from the South, and the South will not concede that they owe them anything. Well, I mean, you've got people that are so removed from this generation's way. There's some ridiculous theory that somehow slavery is in your DNA. I mean, that, you know, I've heard, I've heard some pretty far-out theories on this. You know, people say, well, we still need reparations. It's like affirmative action. I mean, the people that needed affirmative action uh, aren't working anymore. You know, the, when, back when there was you know, really bad discrimination, and the people today are getting it, but they don't deserve it because they don't have that same discrimination. So there's a lot of things that are really messed up, you know, as far as, as, far as to say reparations. Reparations might have been fine during Reconstruction from people that had a claim, and that would have made perfect sense. But now, that's insane. Do you know who was for reparations? Oh, I'm afraid to ask. I don't know. Go ahead. Michael King Jr. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, That's that's his name. He's got a national holiday for a man that didn't exist. Well, okay, so I I would disagree with with him on a lot of things. I disagree with him on that. Reparations. Yeah, for reparations, you have to show measurable harm. And that would have been someone who was in slavery. 
Anyway, so back to Monument. Well, what, do you, what do you think uh, about the rally this Saturday? I, look, I think it's a great idea uh-huh. for them to be kept. Right. But this thing where when you've got to tell people it's heritage, not hate. Yeah. When they didn't care a thing about the statue six months ago. Yep. And all of a sudden it's a big deal. I mean, you got you got these idiots all around the country now destroying monuments. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anybody going to jail for 10 or 20 years, which is what they need to go for. This needs to be a first-class felony. Well, I mean, destruction of property, vandalism, and it is a felony, as far as I know. But it's not being enforced. The left wouldn't say anything about ISIS, and still they started destroying historical uh, Buddhas Mm -hmm. and going into museums and destroying stuff. All of a sudden, the left was mad at ISIS when they were chopping off little girls' heads. That wasn't a big deal. But when they got rid of the Buddha statues, boy, they came out of the woodwork. <laughs> and now they want all of our statues destroyed. Yeah. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? You know, what's amazing is that the left still isn't upset with all the violence and, and death in Chicago. Uh, but they are just hurtling over Charlottesville like it's, it's, the, you know, it's a tragedy. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was I mean, a riot in Chicago last night, and there's no reporting on it. Oh, really? I'll have to look that up. Thank you. Let me, let me write that down. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, the news that... Doesn't get out. Well, that's what. It, well, actually, you'd be a person to ask because we got we got. Uh, you're the only person on the line right now. Um, what do you think of this this banker, this world banker uh, meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where you've got um, the the head of the Bank of Japan, the the Bank of uh, uh, the European Central Bank, which covers all the European Union. You've got our Federal Reserve chair there. You know, if there isn't a banking conspiracy, then why are they all meeting and talking about this stuff? Oh, the Federal Reserve is the banking conspiracy. Yeah. And why we don't get out from under them is the $64 million question. It's because they're running things. Yeah. But nobody's talking about it except me. <laughs> and Bloomberg's talking about it, but they're not talking about the details. They're just talking about the fact that the meeting is taking place, which is why I went over this. And people think, well, it's economics, it's dull, it's boring, it's just numbers. But I went over the fact that they have a $4.5 trillion balance sheet in the Fed. That is the size of the annual U.S. federal budget, the entire thing. And that's what they're playing with for money. They're playing with the same amount of money as their federal budget, and nobody seems to be saying anything. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I just don't understand. When the Jews were going into the concentration camps that have a bunch of Y's in the road, and it would say uh, labor, intellectual, uh, artist, where the, they're trying to make a decision which, which is the safest route. They all ended up at the same place. Yeah. It was just to keep them busy as they were heading into the camp. And that's what they're doing with the statues and all this other well, stuff. Well, it's not quite the same thing. You know, as someone who, who went to Dachau and, and uh, you know, stood in a gas chamber by myself, you know, I, it's something I take really personally, the, the Holocaust, having seen it for myself the, the remnants of it, the leftovers. So it, it really cautious people talk about that. Um, but yeah, but I think there's a lot of people in this country, you know, these supremacists in, in all kinds of different areas. Not, you know, we always say, we always associate, you know, white has a bad connotation now because it's always followed by nationalist, supremacist, privilege, things like that. So it's kind of lost all meaning for me. But, um, but there are supremacists out there that want their way, uh, and they, they think they are supreme to everybody else, and they're willing to impose that by violent means. And that's the problem we have right now. Last, well, last comment, Marshall, about, I got another call. All right, nobody talks about the black supremacists. Well, it's Black Lives Matter. That's what they are. Or did you see my post on our Facebook page? Uh, I think I put it, well, maybe I didn't put it on there, but there was an anger management thing where a woman gets up and says all white people are racist, and just saying that is racist. Yeah, but it's true, Greg. You know it's true. Go ahead and admit it. Look, confess on the air while you have a chance. 
Uh, confess what? That all white people are racist. I'm not going to say that. No, it's true. Well, the fact that you say all white people, you can't say all white people because, you know, because <laughs> right there you're wrong. And the minute you say all something people, you're already wrong. So I'm not going to confess anything. i got to go, no, Marshall. but all, all, all white people are genetic mutants that are racist. They yeah. can't help it. They were born that way. No, I'm not going to say that. Marshall, got to go. <laughs> Talk to you next time. Marshall's always fun. All right, so we need to take one more break, don't we? Uh, let's do that right now. Then, Charles, hang on the line. I'll get right to you. 849-1330-WEBY. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. Taking back to my we San Francisco. <laughs> so in defiance of my old city, there's a rally this Saturday at 9 o'clock at Lee Square, 602 North Palafox Street, in favor of the, uh, the Confederate uh, memorial statue that's there. Let's go to Charles. Charles, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I wanted to first of all tell you um, that you did a great job the other day, I don't know what day it was, on describing inflation uh, and what it is and what it's not. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's one of our problems in this country is we do not understand terminology. Yep. And we let the media define us and define terminology for us, from right wing to left wing, conservative to uh, inflation and many other uh, descriptions, political descriptions. We've got to learn to investigate and find out what the facts are. That happened to me about 40 years ago when I became a businessman. I got in business myself, and I ran across that definition of inflation, and I began to study it, and I began to understand. I thought, you know, my gosh, what, what's going on here? Why, why, why are we having this problem? Mm-hmm. And anyway, I was going to suggest to you that um, you have uh, Tim over at uh, Roberts & Roberts. Uh, they uh, have an ad on your, on your shows uh-huh. on the radio there. Tim is an expert on history of money and so forth. Okay. So he'd be a great guest for you to have that would underline what you were discuss- what you were talking about. Oh, I love economic guests because I'm, I'm not an expert in economics by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. Yeah. Well, but, we, we uh, don't need to be expert, but you have enough knowledge that you know what yeah. the, the truth is. Yeah. Well, uh, I just I just yeah. follow the definitions. Inflation. I, I wondered what was being inflated. What was, what's being inflated is the amount of dollars, and whether they call it quantitative easing, you know, which is which is or monetizing the debt, all this other. Did you hear all the jargon in that thing I was reading earlier on the the global bankers in Wyoming? Everything in that article was jargon. And hey, there's another good interesting guy you could have on. His name is uh, uh, Franklin Sanders. He's up in Tennessee. Okay. And he writes a newsletter called the Money Changers. And you go on the Google him on the money changers, and it'll describe his story. And you're talking about a story. This guy's got a story. He was harassed, and uh, you, you, you need to read it on the Internet. Franklin Sanders, uh, mm-hmm. the money changers, and read his story. I should, uh, I'll put on my ever-expanding list years. of uh, my ever-expanding list of guests, <laughs> which I'm now putting down on my computer. So yeah, I'll definitely get to that. So yeah. so what do you so um, what do you think about the monument and uh, our global bankers and anything else that's, that's happening? You got well, a let me left. let me make a couple of comments. For one is we got to get off this racism thing. Okay. Uh, the debate is not about racism, whether you're racist or not. Uh, the, the, the issue is what they're doing is using what Marx said in the Communist Manifesto. He said, when people disagree with our positions or what we're trying to push, call them racist, fascist, communist, or any other homosexual, call them any other name that has a bad taste in people's mouth, and people will uh, associate 
that person with that name. So we've got to recognize that that's how they neutralize the opposition. Mm-hmm. And then don't don't debate it with them. Get away from the debate, but make people understand that that's just a a, a word that they use to to uh, divide us. Um, and also, there's an interesting election going on over in Alabama. I don't know whether you keep up with that. Or oh not. yeah, I was reporting on that earlier. But between Roy Moore and uh, Luther Strange, and they they're running, they got the runoff going. What else is happening? Yeah, well. That, Right now, Judge Moore is about uh, 20 points ahead of Luther Strange. Okay. And it looks like he's going to be our next senator if the people who believe in him don't uh, show up at the polls and vote for him. Yeah. But the interesting thing is uh, Strange has outside money coming in. He spent $16 per vote oh. he got in the runoff. Oh, wow. Roy Moore spent about $0.04 cents a vote. Who do you support? Uh, well, uh, Judge Moore. Okay. Uh, this man has, and what I don't understand is why Judge Moore, why Trump supported Strange. Now that should tell us more about Trump than it does about Strange. Can you go? Um, over, can you go like the differences between the two, like the the, the really pointed things? Um, if people are trying to decide between those two. Well, the big difference is uh, Strange was appointed by Bentley. Right, and we only have a few seconds left, so we're going to have to sum it up. So, so Strange was the Attorney General. He made a deal with. Uh, Bentley, that if he dropped the investigation on impeaching him, he'd appoint him for uh, uh, the Senate seat. And yeah. that was the you know deal what? made, and that's what cost him the election. We're going to have to hold this to our next time. we got the music coming on now. And All right, so good. Okay. Let's, let's go over this. Let's uh, My next open line next week, let's talk about this, okay? All right, sounds good. Thanks, Charles. Right. There we go. Okay, so anyway, back again tomorrow. We've got uh, Rob Weiser. Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. Yeah, meanwhile, back to present day. Um, that was that was a fun chat. We're kind of all over the place. So uh, we had the initial interview with uh, Thomas Olson, who was putting on the, uh, the, 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 the demonstration in favor of keeping the Confederate statue. Uh, this is interesting, you know, to me to, to be playing these because those callers, when I um, was taken off the air at WBY, most of them I don't think I have any idea where, where they went. And most of them I just knew their first name anyway. And so I didn't expect to be gone. <laughs> you know, this is, uh, this would have been July. So it would have been the year, well, less than a year later. Um, but it's fascinating to listen to these old callers. And that's kind of how it went. It was, it was a station with regular um, callers. And, of course, now we have a completely different set of regular callers on a national level. Those were all local callers because it was a local radio station. But it's just fascinating. I love my experience there, obviously, because I'm still playing uh, things from it. But um, we had a good time, and we had some incredible discussions. And I want to get some of those folks back, particularly Scott Miller, who was a host on WBY. Uh, he did the afternoon show. I think uh, there was like a rotating thing where he'd uh, have it. I think once a week he did a show. And I was on every morning. So it was fun. So Scott's brilliant uh, in terms of political analysis, polling, and things like that. So hopefully I'll get him to, uh, to come back and try some stuff here. All right, we've got a little bit of time left. So it's 9.33, and so if anybody wants to call in, uh, open open everything, 215-383-3832, open live chat. Uh, Skype line is always open during this show, and, of course, open, um, you know, call me. Yeah, again, well, I think I just give the number, 215-383-3832. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like a Rush Limbaugh number. It's really hard to screw up. So let's get a couple of stories in before we uh, close down for today, and We'll start with the one that we started with, with Bill Fecky, which is the uh, death of uh, Tafari Campbell. Uh, he is the chef of Barack Obama, 
you know, in their compound on Mighty Whitey Island, otherwise known as Martha's Vineyard. And this is from Gateway Pundit. This is the one that gets me suspended every time I post them, apparently. So I have to be uh, wary of, of uh, posting Gateway Pundit articles on Facebook. I'll just talk about them here on the show, which is much easier. So this was Cause and Manner of Death, released for Barack Obama's longtime chef, Tafari Campbell, by Jim Hoft, who's the uh, editor of Gateway Pundit. This is August 23rd, so it's eh, six days ago. He says, on Tuesday, the cause and manner of death has been released for Obama's longtime personal chef, Tafari Campbell. He must have been with him in the White House, too. I'm curious. You know, he's a longtime chef. Well, where was he before Martha's Vineyard? He was in the White House, right? Article says, on July 23rd, 45-year-old Tafari Campbell met his tragic end while paddleboarding on Great Edgerton Pond. So it's not like this is rough water. This is a pond. Okay. Now, ponds can be the size of a lake in New England, but even so, it's still, we're not talking about violent, you know, tidal, you know, tsunamis. It's a pond right? on Martha's Vineyard, otherwise known as Mighty Whitey Island. Uh, and this is a female Obama staffer was reportedly paddleboarding with him. And that's where the story ends about her. <laughs> who's, who's she? You know, so let's see who the female Obama staffer is. Let me click on that. Let's see if we get another reference. Tafari Campbell was reportedly paddleboarding with a female staffer, sources say. This is by Jim Hoft, uh, uh, July 31st, so a few days previously. A week after the tragic drowning of Obama's personal chef, Tafari Campbell, DailyMail.com, that's a British publication, folks, who reports on American news better than most of the American sources, which are propaganda arms of the White House. DailyMail.com has uncovered new information about the incident. Hmm. Tafari Campbell, 45, met his tragic end while paddleboarding on Great Edgerton Pond. We, we know that. Uh, on July 23rd, he was reportedly not alone, but local police have yet to disclose the other person's identity. Probably because it was Michelle Obama. <laughs> I'm just speculating, all right? Yeah. Anyway, since the Gateway Pundit previously reported that dispatch calls between Martha's Vineyard, emergency services, confirmed the presence of a second paddleboarder with Campbell. Michelle Obama, what do you bet? Well, yeah, we think, Bianca and I think there's something going on between those two, so... Uh, We'll, we'll find out. Anyway, it says, according to a statement from the Massachusetts State Police, reported by Mass Live, that's M-A-S-S-I-V-E, the unidentified paddleboarder tried to swim to Campbell, but tragically did not reach him in time. Well, if they were paddling together, how far away could she possibly have been? 10 feet? 15 feet? How fast did this guy suddenly, you know, fall into the water and drown, considering he could swim? And he had a paddleboard, which is a perfectly good flotation device, which he could easily have hauled himself up on and just laid there and paddled in like a surfboard. <laughs> See, this is why none of this makes sense. Since after the failed rescue attempt, the individual managed to swim back to shore and alerted someone who then called 911. So she could swim back to shore. Why didn't she paddleboard back to shore with her paddleboard? Why did she swim back? Were both paddleboards gone? <laughs> this is a female made the initial call um, who, as of 8.18 p.m., was actively searching for Campbell on a boat. Why did they go back on a boat? I mean, how big is this pond? And it says, anyway, adding to the mystery, the call's origin was marked on as Wilson's Landing, a popular paddleboard launch site roughly two miles from the Obama residence, which we're calling the compound, on Turkeyland Cove. <laughs> of course, with the Obamas there is now Jive Turkeyland Cove. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. We were talking about that earlier. Anyway, this information contradicts the Massachusetts State Police records, oh boy, stating that the first call originated from the Obama's residence. Oh, that's interesting. According to sources who spoke with Daily Mail, the British publication, a female staff member of Barack Obama was with Campbell during the unfortunate event. It's really unfortunate for Tafari Campbell. So female staff member. Okay, so it's probably not Michelle. Well, who is it? Who's the female staff member? That's the big question. The unnamed woman on a separate paddleboard, she probably killed him, right? Had attempted to reach Campbell after she fell into after he fell into the water, but she had to retreat to shore to call for help. How come she didn't fall in the water? How did he fall? How do you fall on a paddleboard? 
you know, unless it's rough seas. And if it's rough, how come she didn't fall off too? I mean, they don't surf for these things. Anyway, it was a Secret Service agent who made the emergency call from the Obama estate, otherwise known as the compound, in Edgerton, otherwise known as the capital of Mighty Whitey Island, <laughs> sources revealed. Um, Daily Mail reported. Okay, fine. You get the idea. Let's get back to the story. I get more stories to cover. I just find this all quite fascinating. What's fascinating is the lack of coverage in the American press because it's Obama. You don't report on Biden. You don't report on Obama. You don't report on Democrats. You don't report on anything except making Republicans look like racists. That's all it is, right? Anyway, the article says, according to witness accounts, this is back to the uh, cause and manner of death uh, released. This is what the, the released information back to the first article, Jim Hoft, August 23rd. According to witness accounts, without a life jacket and wasn't tethered to his board, well, that's interesting, Campbell lost his balance and fell off his paddleboard into the water. Desperately struggling, struggling to stay afloat, he eventually slipped beneath the surface, never to resurface again. It's eight feet of water, folks. <laughs> you know, you could go down, you know, bounce up, take a breath, <laughs> you know, float for a while, you know, hold your breath, sink back down, bounce up again. You could probably walk to shore. You even have to swim at eight feet of water. You're eventually going to walk to six feet and five feet. Of course, as soon as it's five feet of water, you just walk out of it. I mean, it was kind of short, maybe four and a half feet. We'll see. So how did he slip beneath the surface? How come he couldn't... Uh, why was he struggling to stay afloat? This is weird to me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Campbell, who could, who could swim, as evidenced by a video he previously posted, was found eight, in eight feet deep water. Was found in eight feet. You know, he sank. That's kind of interesting, too. After conducting a thorough investigation, in other words, they, they put the stuff in they wanted, and performing an autopsy, the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner of Massachusetts officially ruled Campbell's cause of death as an accident. That in itself is a travesty. <laughs> There's no way this was an accident, right? Uh, it says, although the exact details of the autopsy have not been revealed to the public, of course, Timothy McGurk, a, a spokesman for the Executive Office of Safety and Security, confirmed that no external trauma or injuries were found on his body. Of course, if he was poisoned, we wouldn't find anything external. See, we're talking about external trauma. How about internal trauma? Demock, death touch, bottom brick, for those who know the reference to Bloodsport. Article says the Gateway Pundit previously reported that Martha's Vineyard, in other words, Mighty Whitey Island, law enforcement appears to have left a significant void in the details surrounding the tragic drowning, which apparently was an accident, they say, of Obama's, Obama's private chef, Tafari Campbell. Private chef. What makes him a private chef? And he cooks only for Obama? I guess he cooks for Michelle. I guess he cooks for the kids, too. That's a very trusted position to be the personal chef of somebody who you could put all kinds of nasty things in. So this is a very trusted person. What did you do wrong? Where did he screw up? What caused him to end up at the bottom of, of eight feet of water with a perfectly good paddleboard, you know, without a life jacket, without being tethered to the board? This is all very strange. Then it says, on the night of the incident, it's not even an accident anymore, it's an incident, right? The Egerton Police Department logs confirm the receipt of a 911 distress call at precisely 7.46 p.m. Well, of course, all calls to 911 are precise. They record the time you call in to the second. So that's kind of redundant. Anyways, this is reporting the 45-year-old struggling to stay afloat on the surface before he drowned. So this person had the time to swim to shore, call 911, and report that he was out there still struggling. Well, why didn't she just save him and swim him back? You folks know how to save somebody in the water? It's not that tough. You put your arm on them and you do the side stroke. <laughs> that's what you do. You put your arm around them, you know, under their arm or over their shoulder, under their arm, or however you hold them. So you put your arm around them. And you swim back. So if she had the presence of mind to swim back, why didn't she swim back with him? He's not that big a guy. It wouldn't have been that hard. 
So there's another question. How come she didn't swim back with him? So there's so many questions for this. It just it looks like an assassination to me. That's what it looks like. This is oh here we go the call log. They actually put the call log in. Now you can't see this because I can't post this on Facebook because it's a violation of cybersecurity. Now this is, so this is why they say you can't post it. So go to Gateway Pundit and look it up for yourself. All right, because I can't post it. I'll get restricted again. But it says right here there's a missing. It's like the missing uh, seven hours when the uh, the Congress met uh, in session January sixth. And they said they took a recess at 2 o'clock, in other words, when uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter broke into the, the, the uh, House chambers, right? And so that's what caused everybody to go downstairs. That was by design, by the way. And so then they, they went downstairs and met for seven hours and put absolutely nothing in the congressional record. That is impossible. It's impossible that nothing happened for seven hours with the entire Congress meeting with a bunch of Trump supporters with selfies on top, you know, uh, trying to figure out what's going on. But it says the call log shows the reason for this call as blank. And inconsistency, considering that all other calls made that night had the reasons clearly mentioned. So you've got uh, four ten in the afternoon prop check. I guess that's a boat thing. Um, four forty eight in the afternoon minor MVA. I'm not sure what MVA is. M- motor vehicle accident probably. Uh, another four forty eight motor vehicle accident property damage. Uh, Six thirty six medical emergency. You know that'd be uh, six. That'd be eight forty six. Um, nothing. <laughs> Wilson's Landing. 2017, so that'd be 10 o'clock at night. No, it's 8 o'clock at night. Boat incident. Uh, 20 minutes later, prop check. <laughs> I'm not sure what a prop check is, but anyway, whatever it is, the, uh, the report of um, Obama's chef, Tafari Campbell, dying has no reason on the 911 log. That's impossible, too. Everything has a, has a reason. So, in other words, the scandal is so great and so deep and so widespread that you can't know anything about it. Because you're the general public and you don't need to know. You just don't. So don't worry about it. He died. That's just the way it goes. Defy the Obamas. You know, don't visit Mighty Whitey Island. Economically bankrupt them. I mean, whatever. All right. What else we got here? We've got a little bit more. Nearly about 15 minutes. I'm just playing here at this point. Um, here we go. There are seven failures that um, contributed to the Maui fire. So all the folks that think about um, what are those direct energy weapons and uh, crop circle stuff and you know, of course, there could be some environmental wackos that set some of the fires, but all, all those, you know, very interesting explanations that, you know, burn the island down, make it a smart island. All, yeah, I don't hold with all that stuff. I just don't. I'm not convinced. Okay. I am convinced that it, between Hawaii Electric, which left the power on, you know, Hawaiian Water, public utility that turned the water off. <laughs> so they left the power on, turned the water off, which is exactly the opposite of what they should do. They had way too much wind and they didn't uh, take care of their power lines. That's why they had fires. Seven failures that contributed to the Maui fire tragedy. This is in Breitbart. This is by Christina Wong, 28th of August. So this would have been yesterday. Investigations are still underway as to what happened in Lahaina earlier this month. But everybody, every day more information emerges about the likely factors that led to the deaths of what is expected to be hundreds of residents, including many children. This is a real tragedy. This is very sad. Made worse by your government. First one, local power company did not shut off the power before the fires. Isn't that interesting? Despite the National Weather Service issuing a red fire warning, that's bad folks, Monday, August 7th, the, the day before the fires broke out, the power on the island was never preemptively shut off. That's a problem. Next problem, number two. Lahaina residents were not preemptively evacuated. Well, that's interesting, too. Despite the warning from the National Weather Service and the risk of fire as well as power outages from the downed power lines, residents were never evacuated. 
That strikes me as interesting. According to the Los Angeles Times, there were indications the entire town would be threatened if a fire started. Yeah, because it's old and wood. All right. So there's your second cause. Third cause, Maui authorities ignored the, the non-native grass issue for years. Well, there we go. It's another environmental thing, right? Don't cut down the grass, but it's not native to Hawaii. Well, it's here now. <laughs> right? Maui authorities have neglected the risk posed by highly flammable gases, grasses excuse me, that surrounded Lahaina for years. So they knew the stuff was flammable and they did nothing about it. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, the abandonment of tens of thousands of acres of pineapple and sugarcane fields allowed for the growth of highly combustible non-native grasses in their place. So they got rid of their plantations, which is probably too bad. And these, these non-native grasses, which came in the wind or on ships or who knows, they maybe even were planted there. Same thing happened in California. So California has redwood trees, native, native redwood trees, which the bark is resistant to fire. In fact, the bark, some cases in the really thick redwoods, really tall ones, you know, the, the 300 foot high or the, you know, the, the, the 30 feet across, I mean, the big ones, right? That bark can be a foot thick. Well, no fire is going to get through, and the tree's just fine. I mean, the bark burns, but the tree doesn't. The tree's just fine under it. In fact, it takes the clearing of the land to open up a pine cone. That's how it works for, uh, for the redwood trees. But um, what they did plant in the West Coast um, around San Francisco were these Australian eucalyptus trees, and they thought they'd be good for railroads, you know, make the ties, the wooden ties that they, they lay the track on top of. Well, they turned out to be brittle and useless, but they did grow fast. So they thought they grow fast, be economically good to have these trees. We use them for wood. And of course, they were useless because they splinter and there's har eucalyptus is horrible wood to work with, right? Useless. But they have all these eucalyptus trees all over the East Bay. And so when the Oakland fire hit several years ago, this is 89, 90, somewhere in there. Might have been 90. Uh, I was actually flying to the Bahamas in a small plane. It's kind of interesting. So I was, I was out of town. But uh, all those eucalyptus trees exploded. Because that eucalyptus oil in the eucalyptus tree, you know, the stuff that clears your nose when you have a cold, is incredibly flammable. And so they planted flammable trees in a fire zone. Not smart. So when the fire happened, of course, the East Bay turned into a firestorm, literally a firestorm. Probably the same thing happened in Hawaii, but they had grasses instead of trees. So, all right, I read that part there. Let's see if I can get you another few of these here. Number four, firefighters left Lahaina for the fire too early. Officials called it 100% contained. Obviously, they were wrong. And that happened in Oakland, too. Firefighters put out the fire, they thought. The embers were still burning somewhere. Fire whipped up again that evening, and by the next morning, of course, it was devastating. So the firefighters left too early. And this is says, after a fire broke out in Lahaina around 6.30 a.m., local time on Tuesday, giving them the whole day to fight. The county of Maui sent out a notice on Facebook that the fire was 100% contained. Shortly before 9 a.m., the assurance put many residents at ease according to the Associated Press. The Lahaina fire reignited around 2 p.m. That's when the winds pick up, right? While many Ma Maui County's fire crews to extinguish the upcoming fire on the eastern half of the island, the wind is toppling power line poles and scattering embers like seeds in Lahaina. Yeah, so, so the, the wind carries the sparks far and wide. That's why fire starts so often once the fire has started. There's more on this, but I want to uh, move on down. I want to get all these. Number, number five, emergency sirens were never sounded to warn Lahaina residents. We talked about that. Maui officials have admitted they did not sound emergency sirens meant to warn residents to evacuate. Number six, the release of water uh, to fight the fire was delayed. As the wildfires burned, a state water official delayed the release of water that landowners wanted to use to protect their properties, according to Honolulu uh, Civic Beat. Local paper, probably. 
According to the outlet, the West Maui Land Company, which manages agricultural and residential subdivisions in West Maui, had asked the Department of Land and Natural Resources Water Resource Management Division to release water to stop the spread of the fire. You know why they didn't do it? Equity. Those are wealthy people, probably white people, probably Hollies, right? So you got the Hollies on Maui. So, so the Hawaiian dude didn't want to give water to the white people. <laughs> That's pretty much what it boils down to, right? This is DLNR. That would be Department of uh, something, Natural Resources, Land and Natural Resources maybe. A deputy director for Water Resource Management, M. Kaleo Manuel, reportedly balked at West Maui's land company's request. Manuel wanted West Maui Land Company to get permission from a, a taro farm first. Manuel eventually released water, but not until after the fire had spread. Idiot. It's not clear on Monday how much damage the fire did in the interim or whether the homes were damaged. Anyway, so this guy's Governor uh, Josh Green, Hawaii Governor Josh Green, said there has been a, quote, a great deal of water conflict on Maui for many years, leaving it to media to, quote, explore. Water conflict. In other words, the government keeps it when it's needed for a fire. That's not a conflict. That's just stupid. And the last one, a key exit route out of Lahaina was barricaded. Well, that's interesting. I've heard this one. This is new. Just as the fire was spreading in Lahaina, a key route out of the town was blocked, trapping residents trying to evacuate. So not only that, – that's murder if that's true, right? So not only did they not sound the sirens, they, they blocked the water. They kept the power in the power line so they would start more fires. They blocked people from evacuating uh, on the main evacuation route. Murder, if it's true. Anyway, it says, according to the Associated Press, the Lahaina bypass road was closed – blocking the only road route south out of Lahaina. Maui Police Chief John Pelletier claimed at a press conference that the officers had not stopped people from leaving, but did try to prevent them from driving over down power lines. Well, in a car, that's okay. Why? Rubber tires and air. Rubber tires and air, you know, insulate the rest of the car from damage. That's why you can drive in a thunderstorm. Cars are one of the safest places because of the rubber tires, which don't conduct electricity in the air. Space in between. There you go. Seven reasons why the Maui fire. Nine minutes left. <laughs> Actually, seven minutes left. Here's another tidbit in the news. Biden staffers at the New York Post met with, oh, I guess I can't post this one, right? I think I did already. Biden staffers met with special counsel of Jackson's aide before Trump and by John Levine, August 26th. Yeah, so this is a scandal that the uh, gelding do not Republicans should deal with. Because what happened was the White House is meeting with the district attorneys, to coordinate their attack on Trump to get him out of the election. That's what it's all about. That's collusion. That's prosecutorial misconduct. That's election interference. That's uh, any number of, of illegal actions by both the, the criminals in the Biden White House and the criminals in, the, uh, in Jack Smith's uh, attorney's office. So the White House counsel office met with a top aide to special counsel Jack Smith just weeks before he brought charges against former President Trump for allegedly mishandling classified documents. So this whole thing is all rigged. We know it's all rigged. The, que- the question is not, is it rigged? The question is, are the geldings going to do anything about it? Anyway, so this is Brat. I guess that's one of the uh, – uh, Jay Brat, top aide to special counsel Jack Smith, met with the White House counsel's office just weeks before the Trump indictment. So, yeah, so Jack Smith has his underling going to the White House. He's like the liaison saying, you know, I just want to follow others, yeah? Sorry, German listeners. It just, it just seemed appropriate. Um, but, yeah, that's a problem, just following orders, just like the COVID uh, police. You know, which is following orders. You know, the fishing game that stopped my friend uh, Larry Downs Jr. from meeting on his boat with his family. Fishing game comes up and says, you got to separate your boats. you got to go home. They said, why? And we're just following orders. Let's, they, I've got that on tape. All right. So all the people in, in Michigan, you know, when uh, Governor Witch Widmer was issued 
just following orders. You know, when all the places closed in Florida, when DeSantis, who did close the state at first, called him Dictator DeSantis, when he was issuing his dictates, they were all illegal. But all the people below him dutifully followed orders. California, under Gavin Newsom, they dutifully followed orders and did everything wrong, blatantly unconstitutional. Well, this minion that works for Jack Smith was just following orders, meeting with um, Jack Smith's staff and the White House staff. So the White House and Jack Smith are coordinating a campaign against Donald Trump using bogus laws, and the Republicans are doing nothing. There's no countersuit. There's no uh, uh, defunding of Jack Smith. There's no arresting of Democrats. There's nothing. There's no response. Republicans are doing absolutely nothing. I say, I'm not voting for a Republican until I see the party doing something. I'll just vote for Trump and leave the rest of the ballot blank. Screw them. What's the point? So Brad had a third meeting in the White House in September 2021, this time with Catherine Riley, an advisor to the White House Chief of Staff Office. These are the people that actually run the country right now. The logs offer no information about what was discussed at the meetings. Of course not. What they were discussing was treason, insurrection, and everything else, right? Anyway, I'll leave you to read that article. This one's kind of fun. This is from uh, 100% Fed Up, another wonderful site. Apparently it was just sold recently um, to, uh, I'm not sure who. Anyway, this is an article by Noah. Yeah, the one that built the ark. No, this is Noah, an article by Noah, N-O-A-H, Noah, August 28th. CDC, that would be the Center for Disease Control, just messed up, admitting masks are worthless for COVID. Yes, we know that, but it, I've got the article that says they, they admit it, okay? It's on my page. It's on my vaccine page. If you're a member, it says, I'll post it around. If not, just go to 100% fed up and look for a CDC messed up, admitted masks are worthless for COVID. Article says time for fact check. Actually, this will be a double fact check. I'll give you my fact check, and then I'll give you USA's, USA Today's fact check and let you decide which one makes sense. You know, a whole bunch of mothers over the years, whoop, just knocked my water over. Fortunately, I have a really good spout on it. It doesn't spill everywhere like it used to. Let me start again. <laughs> If you know, a whole bunch of mothers over the years have told their children, if you just tell the truth all the time, you won't have to remember when you were lying. Makes things so much easier. Someone should have told that to the CDC because it seems as though they just got caught in a whopper. And that's in capital letters. You might have seen this image floating around and they have an image of coronavirus, tiny little blue dot, smoke, gray, big gray particle. So COVID, tiny little blue dot, smoke, great big particle. So I'm giving you an audible for your visual, right? CDC said cloth masks that are used to slow the spread of COVID-19 offer little protection against wildfire smoke. They do not catch small particles found in wildfire smoke that can harm your health. Limit your time outside when it's smoky. Learn how to protect yourself from wildfire smoke. As Smokey Bear said, remember, only you can prevent forest fires. Well, guess what? Those smoke particles are multiple times multiple times, like a thousand times bigger than a COVID virus. Uh-oh. CDC just said something far bigger than COVID won't be stopped by a mask, which means something as small as COVID won't be stopped either. It says, so the article says, so let me break, this is what Noah says, so let me break this a couple things down. First of all, I can't find the exact tweet. Perhaps it was deleted. <laughs> of course it was. Perhaps it was from an account I can't find. Mm-hmm. In any event, the USA Today fact chuckers, as I call them, seem to admit the tweet was real because they provided their own fact chuck, which we will get to in a moment. But the message is clear. You had the CDC telling us, ignorant masses, in quotations, that wearing a cloth mask will not protect you from wildfires. Oh, how ironic. The only problem, that very same CDC just spent three years telling us we had to wear face diapers to protect against coronavirus. 
And per the image above, which you'll have to see for yourself, which I've checked and, and does appear uh, to be accurate, coronavirus is about five times smaller than a typical wildfire smoke molecule. I thought it was more than that, but obviously I'm not reading my decimal places correctly. Five times smaller. Five times smaller. That's a lot smaller. Yeah. Anyway, it says, in other words, if it can't stop smoke, it ain't stopping COVID. <laughs> Oops. You know, and then he has another tweet here. He says, uh, CDC, environment, if you're returning home after a... Oh, there's my 90-second warning. If you're returning home after a wildfire, remember that ash and dust can be harmful to your health. Wear protective clothing, such as long sleeve shirts, long pants, goggles, and work gloves. Keep children away from debris. Tip the goggles. Then it says many immediately commented they seem to have forgotten to tell us to wear masks. <laughs> yeah, I wear everything except masks. CDC didn't say that. So it seems like the CDC forgot to remind you to protect your lungs, so please don't forget. A, masks. If there are smoke particles in the air, an N95 will help. Put a HEPA air purifier in your home. Anyway, anyway I'll, I'll just let it go. Anyway, the, uh, the fascinating thing is that uh, the CDC says uh, don't wear a mask for smoke because the particles are too big and the COVID particles are much smaller. But do wear a mask to prevent COVID, even though the particles are far smaller than smoke. I find that interesting. i got more stories here. Um, I've got uh, – what's my next one? i got two more, actually. One National Archives finds more than 5,000 emails, including Biden's secret email address. So here he is, Biden, with uh, – Aliases, <laughs> you know, uh, Robert Peters or whatever he called himself. You know, so those those 5,000 emails are going to be very interesting to see what happens. Let's see if they end up at a hearing next week with the uh, the gelding party. And the last one, Hampshire, New Hampshire Secretary of State backs down, not seeking to remove Trump from ballot. So this is interesting. So you had a, you had a uh, Republican uh, apparatchik, New Hampshire Secretary of State, uh, who tried to get Trump off the ballot, gets a ton of calls from uh, – Charlie Kirk at Turning Point USA and then decides not to take Trump off the ballot. Isn't that interesting? Says uh, the New Hampshire Secretary of State David Scanlon, that's interesting, told NBC News on Monday he's not seeking to remove any names from the Republican primary ballot after Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk urged his supporters to call Scanlon's office following reports Scanlon was weighing using the 14th Amendment to keep former President Trump off the ballot. Okay, so you can read the story for yourself, but uh, here's, here's, the, here's the thing, all right? You can't use the Fourth Amendment. What they're saying is an insurrection clause in the 14th Amendment that says if you were a part of an insurrection uh, and rebellion, that would be the Confederacy, right? Then you, can, you can't run for office. Now, they should have put a time limit on it or something. But what it basically says is that those who served in the Confederacy, because they're involved in a real insurrection and a real rebellion, an armed rebellion, in fact, starting a war, that those people are ineligible to serve in the new union uh, federal government. Okay. I would have put a time limit. I would have worded it differently, but there it is. It's in the Constitution, so we have to go by it. However, to say that now that says that anybody that they say was involved in an, in an insurrection, when it wasn't, those are typically not eligible to run for office either. That's not true. So just making it up, making up what you call an insurrection, and then saying because you made up something was an insurrection, saying who you, who you say was involved in your made-up insurrection can't run for office, and using the 14th Amendment for that? No, that's completely bogus. That is not true. Anyway, lots of news, lots of things happening. Tomorrow I've got a guest, which I'm going to do a lot of research on today, on uh, Richard Vague, public special, uh, what is it? No, it says Richard Vague, author of The Paradox of Debt, A New Path to Prosperity Without Crisis. I'm really curious. So I'm going to have a look at the book, get some uh, information on that. So Richard Vague, we'll talk to you tomorrow, I think in the 8 o'clock hour. Let me just take a look at my calendar here. Richard, Richard, Richard Vague, 8 o'clock. Yep, so... 
uh, CJ's off, so I got the first hour free, and I got the third hour free, and the second hour I'll talk for a bit with Richard Vega, and we'll see what uh, is on his mind, uh, and then I'll tell him what's on my mind, which is a constitutional amendment to uh, take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That's the show today. It's been fun. I'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time. My guest is 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. I haven't even figured out yet, but uh, I'll, I'll get something um, as we go. And so I'll have a great day. I'll be back at 7 a.m. Central Time where we do it um, all again. Nope, five seconds. <laughs> okay, see you tomorrow. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener. And help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom. No liberty. No guns. No representation. No oil. No coal. No nuclear power. No space force. No constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 